You look pissed, Ben. Believe me, you got every right to be. But hey, will you will you just let me explain? This is television. That's all it is. Uh, it's nothing to do with people. It's to do with the ratings. For 50 years, we've told them what to eat, what to drink, what to wear. For Christ's sake, Ben, don't you understand? Americans love television. They wean their kids on it. Listen, they love game shows. They love wrestling. They love sports and violence. So what do we do? We give them what they want. We're number one, Ben. That's all that counts. Believe me, I've been in the business 30 years. Well, I haven't been in show business as long as you have, Killian. But I'm a quick learner. So I'm going to give the audience what I think they want. You bastard! Drop dead! I don't do requests. change the channel it's time to dive into the seven nine podcast we've got a special guest we're going to introduce in a moment we're going to do the running man that'll be the main focus of today's show of our classic signature trademark segment that's not true does it hold up which we do every week and this week we are doing running man selected by the great and venerable eric branch no i did not but, select this no Amanda, no, no. Always select. he's he's never seen it before michael oh michael <laughs> Want to start over? I, I, I have spaced out there. You're right. I don't know how I got locked in on that. That was a, you know, when you listen to the radio and you're like, how did that person not realize what they just said? That just happened to me. And that doesn't happen very often. So yeah, I just, this was definitely not selected by Eric. It's his first viewing and we'll hear about that later <laughs> in the show. But our guest today is the one who selected the running man, the running man, not just running man. And she is a old alum of Heartland High School, which is how we all came to know each other once upon a time when we were clueless. Now we know it all and we've mastered life. So we figured why not bring (laughs) Amanda on the show? Welcome in Amanda Lutman Hallback. I like it. Okay. That's a good, good intro. I like it. Hey, welcome to the show. Are you uh, excited to talk about the running man later? I am. 
I am. Definitely some surprises. Are, are, are you excited to be introduced with what high school you went to, <laughs> pretty much? <laughs> 30 yeah, years ago, our guest okay. went to Harlan High School. I did. I went I, I went to high school. And that, yeah. She's qualified That's it. for the We podcast. topped out yeah. from there. Downhill. All of us. <laughs> Oh, that's true. You're right. It's completely true. No, we're glad to have you here. I know that uh, you're a supporter of our show, which means a lot. And now to turn it into a guest reality, this must be a big moment for you. (laughs) It's kind of fun. I'm happy to be here. I think I um, had texted Travis and said, you need to have some more ladies Um, on the show. Bring a little bit of a different perspective. And then I go and select an Arnold Schwarzenegger yeah, action right. movie. So awesome. Classic chick flick. <laughs> See, what you awesome. didn't do, though, is you didn't fall into the tropes. You went in a different direction. That's what I, I like did. about it. See, that okay. is fresh. And all we care about is being fresh on this show. And that's why we're happy Amanda's here. She's going to talk about Yay. The Running Man with us. We'll dive deep into it. And, of course, we'll do our quarantine viewing picks. Amanda will offer some selections of her choosing. But first, we want to dive into the release. The Oscar nominations have been announced in the United States of America and the world overall. So mm. now we can discuss them. Uh, Amanda, I'd like to ask real quick first, are, are you a big Oscar person? Are you someone who plops down on the couch every year, <laughs> got to watch the Oscars or take it or leave it? Um, I used to be and then kids. And so that's mm, kids. middle age kids so it's gotten much harder to follow everything and keep track of everything um so the past bunch of years it's been like the day after highlights so i miss the exciting stuff happening live unfortunately um but i like to yeah i'm kind of middle of ground now middle ground well, I know these guys over here. Travis is like the biggest. I'm going to say Travis is the biggest Oscar fan on the show. That's what I'm going to say. That's probably true. I mean, I mean, Eric follows him as well, but I, I watch him every year. I always have watched him every year. I think there was like one year I missed or something, but I've ever since I was like eight or nine or so, I've been on board for every single Dude, one I of them. I a party. I make a lasagna. every. I make a special Oscar lasagna, lasagna. every Oscars. I don't make there. lasagna. I, I'm, I'm pumped. He cares. I knew that would piss you off. I'm a upset. <laughs> I knew. Bullshit! I can, I can see it in his face. There was lasagna caring there. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, the, the Oscars are something I think are overhyped, but I do understand that they're just always going to be a part of mainstream movie making and i'm not going to deny that we all know there's if you don't know a lot of political crap amanda are you familiar there's a lot of games that get played behind the scenes with this stuff so in preparation for this evening i did a little homework and i actually wow. was going to ask you guys about that um i had no idea and then it makes me question everything does it matter? Does merit matter? Is it all these political games? Is you know gossip about um, who votes for whom and um, these campaigns that cost all this money? And then if someone doesn't like you, you're screwed. And so yeah, what what's the deal? For me, I think that like you know you're you're, you're giving it a, pr- a prize for the best piece of art which is all you know that's so subjective mm-hmm. um to try and compare art and 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 acting it's you know it's it's a folly from the start but at the same time i just find it fun um 
as a spectator. I'm not since I'm not involved in the politics of the world. I can simply stand back and like watch people walk down the red carpet and and be like, oh, you know, there's the speech, the big moment. Uh, I can get caught and caught up in like the pageantry, and that's fine with me. I don't need to know too much about how the sausage is made. I just like looking at the sausage on screen. <laughs> I don't do requests. There was a time when I would get so pissed off if like my favorite didn't win, but I've you know I've gotten uh, I've I've done my homework. I've done the research. You go down that rabbit hole, Amanda, and it's all yucky politics, money trading hands, organizations teaming up to campaign against other people. Like like Golden Globes is like literally like they're like 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 a24 and like a lot of these like major studios are like owned by like some of these affiliates of the hollywood foreign press so like that's bad enough but like with the oscars it's just, it's just all money and shit like i don't care like travis and i always talk about how like the screen actors guild like we really care about who wins those because that's a peer-based relationship organization mm-hmm. and yet the the uh, uh nominees for that were announced last week and we didn't address it on the show kind of skipped that on accident but yeah we got some got some interesting wait wait, wait wait we did yeah wait, wait, wait. we didn't they've been announced we haven't talked about them but they were announced last week Sag oh well i know you really are in yeah we'll, we'll focus on that next week because we yeah yes. we dropped the ball on that maybe it's over maybe uh we'll never get another chance <laughs> amanda this is an exciting time for movies though or is it not are you excited did you watch any of these movies prior to this show like had you seen a certain number of the best picture nominees this year i haven't seen a lot of them to be honest i've seen elvis mm. okay um, oh. i watched that last night I, by the way amanda i just watched it so Fresh in it's mind. a spectacle <laughs> is not what I expected going into it. I knew it was about Elvis. I knew Tom Hanks was involved. Thought it was going to be serious, <laughs> boring. Had no idea who the director was. Oh, and then I'm watching boy. it going, I what? Boy. <laughs> <laughs> nominated I for a Razzie. Who got nominated? Tom? Tom Hanks was for Elvis was nominated for a Razzie this year. Yes! That makes Hell sense. yes, Razzies. That's hilarious. <laughs> but I, I don't know. The... The music, um, the actor, uh, it was great. I loved those parts. Those were great. I like yeah. those parts a lot. Um, I haven't seen a lot of the other ones. Um, I recently, hey, shout out. If we're going to talk about um, high school, shout out to our awesome old history teacher who I did message, mm-hmm. <laughs> Mr. Paul Scheidler. Yeah. <laughs> I think he hates I me. Hey, him, do you still hate me, Mr. Shadler, or not? Let me know. Yeah. I so I sent him you a might. message asking if he had seen the new um All Quiet mm. on the Western Front. Um and got a little feedback from him about that, that it's um he didn't quite make it through. It's so very different from mm. the book. Um and different from oh, the is other it? films. Yeah. That's so, one that um, I uh, never haven't gotten around to yet. Like, I'm like, when am I going to be in the mood to watch a uh, German language film about the worst <laughs> war? When am I in that yeah. mood? It's not German language, though. It's not? It's a no. German film. But they made it in English? It's a French film, I believe. Hmm. Um, hmm. Am I wrong about this? Anybody else want to verify this? Because I watched I it last night, Travis. So I'm, yeah, I, I watched busy, it last night. Busy and it was boy last night. Very busy. I was... <laughs> I was pumped for these Oscar now I'm talking. I'm like, yeah. I got to see these movies. So yeah. it's been on Netflix for a, a while, right? I wanted to dive in yeah. and I wasn't as yeah. excited to watch All Quiet on the Western Front, but it's in English and I believe it's a, because no. there's no, 
The only subtitles were the ones that were in French shown to English, but all the verbal okay. discussion was all in English. So I, oh, okay. I don't know anything about the book. Okay. Never saw the original mm. movie or read the book, Amanda. So I'm clueless. Well, I, I watched that at Heartland, well, at Heartland High School. I watched the original. Do you want to know <laughs> why you watched the original? Uh, well, probably Paul Scheidler. Yeah, but I <laughs> I taped that off the television and brought wow. it to class. Wow, full circle. <laughs> what? Wow, that's so funny. With your buddy Paul. Hey Paul, guess what I got? <laughs> <laughs> I I don't know. I was a history nerd then. I'm still a history nerd. We'll talk more about that later. It's strange because I brought Mr. Shadler a copy of The Running Man on VHS and he wouldn't show it to him. <laughs> I, uh, I slept through his classes and lost his respect. Uh, <laughs> now I'm a history he teacher. He was a guy. Oh, wow. Now you are a history teacher. Look at the full yeah. circle. I don't you. let anybody sleep Mr. in my Sh- class either. Mr. Scheidler uh, was my favorite teacher. Freshman year, world history. We did the hieroglyphics on the wall. Mm, I thought I it was the that. coolest yeah. thing ever. And yeah. uh, I was inspired by him. Even though I annoyed him, I thought he was an incredible teacher. So. We, did, Good job. we did make our own film during our class. Do you, did you, oh, you guys did that? Yeah, yeah, we did that. I totally you forgot it about too? it. I do, time. yeah, yeah. Was it a Academy Award nominated? I I think it must have been. You guys didn't know that I went to the Oscars? <laughs> what? Mike Govier did. <laughs> I won an Oscar. Well, Mike Govier won an Oscar. That's Mike, true, Mike Govier but... won, a, won an Oscar. Yeah. That's Can't do it. True. Look it up. I Yeah, it's really happened. Reese Witherspoon changed my life in the best way possible. Bullshit! <laughs> okay, old woman winning the board game. We'll save you for later. But, okay, uh, Eric. So you said there's some juicy noms here. Give us your take I'm, on the I'm best pictures here. What you're excited about? What's trash, dude? Like, there's a lot I haven't seen. I haven't seen everything everywhere all at once. I'll get around to it. I can't get myself in the mood, but it's nominated for the most Oscars. Also watched that last night. So, oh. dude, like, um, yeah. all at once? I don't know. Did you watch all these movies at the same time? I usually just like this is incredible. As soon yeah, as the noms come out, I personally, I just I I start cramming them in just like Michael. But I missed that one. Like I'm mostly just kind of upset about a few. I think uh, Top Gun. Uh, I think Joseph Kaczynski should have gotten nominated for director for Top Gun too. I mean that all those aerial sequences were like how how the fuck do you do that? That was all real. Like how do you co- how do you coordinate that? No love given to the man. I thought Mia Goth should have gotten best actress for Pearl, and I thought Greg. Greg Freezer for the Batman cinematography. That's my only qualms. I'm okay with everything else. Holy cow. Wow. Right. Michael Govier's favorite film at 12 years old was Citizen Kane. <laughs> yeah, so that's true. Thanks, Reese. Fitting. Travis, uh, uh, what are you excited about with the Oscar noms? What are you sad about? Uh, well, I, I miss. I, I was. I was wrong. Uh, Tar did not get nominated for any sound design awards. I was. <laughs> I was wrong about that. I do hope that oh. Todd Field gets. Uh, he was nominated for best director for that. I would like to see that happen uh, for him. Um, I am. Uh, I'll have things to say about After Sun later, but uh, I really feel like Tom Cruise. I mean, again, like Eric, I know you're, you're like you, we've talked about it before. You don't quite see it, but I, I really think that this is a classic Hollywood actor at the top of his form, and this is perhaps the best performance in his entire what? career. If there was, I honestly think that I think this is this is one of the best performances of his career, if not his best. Holy shit! Um, and I really think he, this was the one to nominate him for. So I'm kind of pissed that he wasn't. Um, and I'm and I and I think that the movie she said was badly snubbed here. The uh, mm. the, the, the um, Harvey Weinstein 
procedural. Um, I think that should have been nominated for best picture, best director, best screenplay. I really thought that there was, was, so I was kind of bummed about that. On the other hand, I was pretty happy to see, say, I think Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio has a good Mm -hmm. shot uh, for best animated feature. Um, I'd like to see, um, um, everything everywhere all at once gets showered with awards. I, I'm, I'm amazed that it's gotten the acclaim that it's uh, getting. I would not mind seeing uh, Kiwi Kwan win Best Supporting for that. That'd be really nice for him. Uh, yeah, and as far as Best Picture goes, I, you know, I've seen almost all of them. The only ones I haven't seen at this point are um, All Quiet on the Western Front and the Avatar movie, which are any of us going to see that? I don't know. Um, definitely. But I will. I, I definitely want I, to because I saw the first one a couple months ago. Now I want to see the follow-up. I'll catch it on Netflix, as God oh. intended. Um, yeah, uh, as far as Best Picture goes, I'm really hoping that uh, either all, um, not, excuse me, that either uh, Banshees and Venice Sharon take it or um, Tar I wouldn't be mad about or everything everywhere all at once. Mm. These are my hopes. Wow. Has anyone looked at the uh, nominees for best score? Those were some of the things I did check out. Mm-mm. Yeah. Um, Mike, you said that you watched All Quiet on the Western Front, and I noticed that that is nominated for best score. Mm. Oh, hell yeah, dude. Um, that's, and so Amanda, that's interesting I, that that happened because the sound was, the, the score was so cool. It was yes. anachronistic. Okay. It was not like of the time. But yes. And there was like wild snare drum stuff going on with it. I was really, I I really dug it. it. I really dug it. Um, So without seeing the movie, um, I did listen to it. I listened to several of the tracks from all of the nominated scores. And um, without knowing anything, I was struck by, yes, how modern it sounded. Um, But yet it was very ominous and um, disorienting, Mm. um, menacing at times industrial which makes mm. so much sense here we have what right world yeah. war one germany industrial right. complex of war sure. um and then i looked up the composer he is a um yeah formal former um like uh abstract musician and did all of these weird things with recordings of, of doing weird things to pianos mm. to make interesting sounds and um, mm. has done some other scores um, as well. But okay. um, it, it fit perfectly after I listened to it and then read about him. It's like, yes, that it does all of those things. It evokes all of those. The, what I could think to be that movie. Dude, I would that like to have seen... I would have liked to have seen Michael Giacchino yeah. get nominated for "He's the Batman." That oh nice. boy! And okay. I was bummed the LCD sound system didn't get nominated for, yeah, oh. for that white noise. They really deserve it, I think. But whatever. <laughs> yes, the score is badass on "All Quiet on the Western Front," which is a phenomenal film, by the way. Outstanding. Yeah, I thought it would be boring. Like, oh god, this story. World War One. We get it. There was a trench. Someone had a bad foot. <laughs> Someone probably got stuck on some barbed wire. Wow. Someone got, wow. you know, someone huffed in mustard gas. Like, we get it. I know it's a terrible, like terrible that. war that really put us on a track that we are today. But it's just really well done. It's just outstanding. Oh, technically, man, man. technically, that's why I like well, it. I, I was, uh, yes, I blew out a ton of movies. So that's true. I wasn't blown away I by I get a lot of shit for not being blown away by 1917. But, like, I'm kind of like. I never saw it. Really? Right now. I yeah, I never saw 1917. 
That was the last movie I saw before COVID, and it was a hell of a theatrical watch, but I haven't seen it since, and I haven't felt the urge to. Um, <laughs> certainly worth seeing. But yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I, I also need to see women talking. Um, that's another yeah. one. But this, this, this whole 10 fucking movies thing, that's a lot to sort through, but I've been watching lots of movies, so we'll talk about it. I think if anyone can do it, you guys can do it. You sure, can, you can do it. So I, I don't feel as bad if you all haven't watched all of them. Um, no, a lot of Columbo this week. There is a lack of kids on this show overall. You're right, Amanda. Me and Travis are free from the, uh, not the burden, but, you know, the challenge yeah. of raising children. So, you know, we're going to do it. Yeah. Travis, we can do it. I'm almost there. A lot of cocoa melon. I gotta get to. One is still really little, right? She's two, so a lot, lot of cocoa melon, a lot of like knockoff cocoa melons. Fucking terrible. It's a nightmare over here. Steve Giles here, by the way. Steve Giles says hi to Amanda. Hello. Do you remember Steve Giles, Amanda? Yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Is cocoa melon a clothing line? (laughs) Weird looking kids singing nursery rhymes constantly. Yeah, cocoa. Coco Melon is a kid's YouTube channel. Expensive leggings, right? Expensive leggings. Lulu Melon. What happened to Lulu Melon? Mm. Lulu Lemon. Oh, my God. Coco Melon. Coco Melon. (laughs) You're confused. (laughs) Oh, okay. Uh, Anything else anybody didn't get on the record about the Oscars here? Uh, I saw saw the um, category for the animated, and I, Travis, I thought of you because of Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. Um, yeah, I think, or was it you? Was it Eric? I thought you guys had talked about it. I fucking adored it. Uh, I'm sorry, but did did I miss something? Did they not? Are they not doing that best like fan Oscar? Did they decide not to do that? Clearly, they, they oh. yeah they rescinded that last year they? after the backlash. Yeah, after the backlash, <laughs> so they, they came back out and said, "No, actually, okay, we won't do that. You guys, you don't want that." Never mind. That's awesome. Turns out you don't like that. No, idea. we hate it. Although you're going to nominate well, Avatar two and like a fucking bunch of ridiculous. Hey, fun. hey, again, over a billion dollars, they get to be on the Blockbuster list. Entertainment Award, Award. Blockbuster Award. Movie Awards. It's very obvious. Yeah, Stupid. it's very obvious. Right. That's why Top Gun. That's why the big. Because they're just trying to draw people in. The biggest yeah. movies in terms of box office and amount of people that saw it are going to be drawn to the show. They're going to desperate for that. Yeah. They've always been that way for the last it, 10 years. The Consolation and, Award mm, to be yeah. nominated. <laughs> oh. Right? I mean, for, Congratulations. <laughs> no, you're right. It is. Damn. Hey, no argument here, Travis. No argument at all. I, now, I noticed I'm going to watch more of these. So. Yeah. I noticed Avatar wasn't nominated for Best Screenplay, for instance. I haven't heard many good things about the story. Probably it'll win Best, uh, you know, Special Effects, but oh, from the looks yeah. of it, that's fine. It looks like it. I mean, Top Gun, obviously, but we will we see. Best Time sound. will tell. We've got, uh, you've gotten what March twenty third? I want to say somewhere around there is yeah. when the Academy Awards or the twelfth or somewhere mid March is when it's happening. So still uh, have a while. You got a couple weeks, a few weeks, month and a half. You got, get on it. you got time. You got time to watch your shows. Watch these movies. Mm-hmm. I I can't believe how many I watched last night. You're right, Travis. It's incredible now that we're talking about it. I yeah, everywhere all at once. <laughs> all quiet Western front. Elvis, Jesus. which is like four Jesus. hours. And yeah. uh these are long movies. Then I, yeah. I think I watched another one. I, Everything everywhere all at once two and a half hours, so is it um all yeah. quiet. Gosh. Man, okay. I just want to say real you know, okay, I'll save that for my quarantine view picks because we're talking about that stuff. So The Oscars, exciting time of the year. Hey, if you're a highfalutin snob, this is your moment. Get ready. Get ready to have a big apex on that night, that Sunday night with your cheese boards and your delicious wine. It's going to be a great time. And lasagna, of course. Don't forget the lasagna. Maybe Eric should make lasagna while doing laundry 
for Oscar night. That would be We're apropos absolutely. for him on right. the show. Mm. I'll invite Micah Monroe and Kendrick. And who else? Would I yeah, you're gonna <laughs> you're gonna make an eat lasagna while watching other people that's do true. laundry. Yes, that's perfect. Oh, watching YouTube videos, right. people making lasagna a, while I make lasagna. It's <laughs> yeah. quality clarification. Thank you. Mm-hmm. All right, well there it is. A little Oscar talk. Let's get into quarantine viewing picks. We call it that because we started it during the pandemic that happened with COVID, and now we just keep the name because it's fun. Mm-hmm. It's for those people who've been around since day one, but they're really just hey, what you've been watching? What would you like to recommend? What would you like to say? Don't watch in the near future. And of course, cinema nine pot at protonmail.com. Nope. It's nope. Gmail now, just in case <laughs> that was a test. That was a test. <laughs> cinema iPod at gmail.com. Send us an email and five star review. Subscribe to the YouTube, all that jazz, all that good stuff. Travis Roy, what would you like to talk about today for your segment? Uh, well, I'll start with a movie that I can't recommend. Um, you know, he seemed like he could do no wrong with stuff like, uh, Ex Machina we go. 28 Days Later but the script for the movie Men from Alex Garland is a bad script I mean this movie starts off so well and it's so well acted Jesse Buckley does not do any laundry Eric I'm sorry but you did see it didn't you loved already it. Eric you loved it yeah. okay well um, I thought it was complete garbage uh, <laughs> towards the end uh, starts off really strong that last half hour was so stupid it's like hey we got this great premise let's make it gross and weird and not explain anything and we'll just say it's interpretive we'll just do that <laughs> um, I will give a shout out to Rory Kinnear who between mm-hmm. this and Black Mirror apparently will do fucking anything on film the man's got no shame gotta respect that um, so I would not recommend men unless you like to waste your time um, I also checked in uh, a show by students, Modern Times, the Chaplin classic. They enjoyed it. They laughed, which makes me happy to have kids they laughing did. at Charlie the Chaplin. The force feeding scene will still make people laugh out loud 100 years later. It 100% did. They loved it. They, they cracked up, uh, and as did I. I, uh, I checked in on some classics from my life, stuff I grew up with, like uh, Stuart Gordon's Robot Jocks, which I'd seen so many times, and <laughs> Fool's Russian. Which I've also seen a lot, but man, you know what really, really holds up great is Doc Hollywood. I fucking love Doc Hollywood so much. <laughs> oh, it's so God. wholesome and uh, sweet. Again. It's just a nice romantic comedy. When's the last Do time you watched it? Double feature with Funny Farm. Yeah, Funny Farm and Doc Hollywood. A nice little Saturday. Uh, Funny Farm is funny though, but Doc Hollywood's uh, not. I mean, I, I like That's my funny point. Farm. Well, Doc Hollywood. I will, I will say this. Doc Hollywood has some very funny moments, but Doc Hollywood is not like trying to be the same kind of comedy. As Funny Farm, it's much more of a romantic comedy. Like, there's much more of a heart to that one. Uh, I love Doc Hollywood. You, you, and, know, you know the controversy. Yeah. It, What's like, it? Cars is the same screenplay? Disney picture oh, no, of yeah, Cars? Yeah, yeah. That, that, <laughs> it's the same not movie. Doc Hollywood's fault. <laughs> <laughs> that's not what? Doc Hollywood's fault. That's Cars' fault. <laughs> they ripped it off. <laughs> I know Chud Pud would love to hear you. Chud Pud loves Doc Hollywood, I think. Let's hear from it's Aaron. If movie. you're out there... And a, and a great score from Carter Burwell, just mm. nominated for his third Academy Award. He could have been nominated for Doc Hollywood, as far as I'm concerned. It's a fucking great movie. Um, I checked out Fantastic Four. Well, Carter Burwell for you. That's exactly what I think of when I hear Carter Burwell. Raising Arizona, his finest score. Okay. Um, did anyone know what he was doing? <laughs> eventually. <laughs> Someone listening probably did. <laughs> I'll just wait this out. Yeah. Oh, nope. I'll still. You've, you've never, Amanda. Matt, you've never listened to the Raising Arizona score. I I actually haven't. Oh, it's fantastic. I know. I'm oh. sorry to let you well, down. Now you got Mike. something to do. 
No, you haven't <laughs> let me down. You just you have something you can fire up on your Spotify now. Ooh. Check it out. You're gonna like right. it. I think. I think you will. It's better in context with the movie. I would say. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. even want to like work out to that. Maybe just Mike <laughs> doing that. I'd work out to that. Um, I checked in with uh, Fantastic Four from 2015 because sometimes you want a piece of crap on the television just that you don't have to pay attention to. Uh, this movie is uh, uh, much maligned. And while it was bad, it wasn't as bad as I hoped it would be. It was more just mediocre. So I'm like, do, Which do, one was that? Do this is the one where Miles Teller played. Mm. Um, oh, and, yeah. Yeah, and it had Michael G- B. Jordan as a human oh, torch. It was, it was a misfire. Major mm-hmm. misfire. There was a big blue beam of light that shot into the sky at one point. I'm like, oh, this is definitely a superhero movie. There was some promise. <sighs> and then it actually came out, right? I don't know. <laughs> I well, did there's a whole thing, in. too. I mean, not to long wind, but the director, remember? There was a lot of... Remember how he shit on the movie yeah. right before it came out? Because he, like, disowned it? It's a whole nightmare with Whoa. that movie. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a pretty famous piece of crap. Um, which I watched because I like to put, you know, I like to watch pieces of crap sometimes. I'll do it. You unbelievable. Uh, but I also like to watch good movies. So I definitely went out of my way to, you know, I've been dutifully watching the Academy Award stuff that I thought would be nominated, especially because I like to try and get it in actually before the nominations because like your expectations change. Like I watched Triangle of Sadness, for instance, and I fucking loved it. It was great. So funny. But if I watch it like, you know, today, I I feel like I'd be like, well, how good is the direction? How good is this? How good is that? You know, Um, but I really, really enjoyed it. I mean, this has been a year of takedowns of capitalism with stuff like the menu and uh, Glass Onion. But this is just a punch, a fire, like a a fist on fire, a punch in the face of capitalism. It's so fucking funny. Just an epic send up of our failed economic system uh definitely check out triangle of sadness luke horlbeck friend Ooh. of the show i want your opinion on this um i also checked out uh after sun after paul mescal was nominated for best actor for this film i'd heard a lot of things about this movie um i think i'm not qualified to be like an artsy uh, like film <laughs> reviewer guy because like i'm watching this movie and, I'm, and I, as i'm watching the movie i'm like looking at like reviews and people are just like this is a masterpiece this is amazing this is so good i'm just watching the movie like i'm so fucking bored remember like in the 70s and 80s when people would like stereotypically bore your neighbor by like hey i went on vacation now i'm going to show you a slideshow oh, yeah. of my vacation well er- eric you really like the lost daughter so you might like this but to, to me this is the same fucking thing like just watching somebody else on vacation and um not bad. I mean, the, the ending of After Sun was really nice, but man, you got to be, I mean, exercise some patience with the movie. Mm. It requires it. Um, I will say the best movie that I watched this week, though, um, other than Triangle of Sadness, we talked about it last week, and all three of us said that we had no interest in ever watching this movie. Mid-90s. The A24 oh, film written and directed okay. by Jonah Hill. I thought, why not give it a shot? <laughs> And I absolutely <gasps> loved it. Wow. I've thought about it all week long. It made me think of movies like um, Gus Van Sant's Elephant. It mm. made me think of um, Ryan Johnson's Brick. It made me think oh. of uh, other stuff that's like really, I'm, I'm kind of blanking. It's like, like serious high school kind of like artsy stuff. But also it made me think of Game of Thrones and The Wire. Wow. And that like, in like how it like works at these human relationships and like politicking and like the hierarchies that get established, but it's like, you're watching it with like 13, 12 year old kids. And it is a nostalgic. Yes. But man, it's like, it's almost like watching a movie about 
my own childhood it almost felt like in some places eric you had a bit more of a sheltered childhood so i don't know how much you would <laughs> identify it. with some of this but a lot of it um i thought of you and me mike and like the times that we spent as kids just completely unsupervised and how we're in some ways lucky to have survived our adolescence it's <laughs> really really good i liked my mid-90s a lot does I it do like would. the brick I, I noir like neo-noir or is it like play it straight it's it's more no, it's more it's played no, straight. No, it's yeah. very it's almost dreamlike, um, very realistic. It's like the pacing, I feel like, is what you're describing away. Like yeah. it's dry, maybe is a word to throw out. It's dry, very realistic. Oh, kids. Uh, Larry Clark's kids was the other one I was thinking of. It's it's very, <laughs> very raw and realistic. But not as raw as kids, though. No, not as raw as kids. Yeah. Um, but there is some moments where like, I mean, you're going to be uncomfortable. It's, it's comparable to kids. I mean, there, there, I'm not, okay. no spoilers, but there is stuff where it's like, okay, I, I feel like this is a, a continuation of some of those things. <laughs> Woo. All right. Thanks, Trav. I, what I'd said last week, bring up in nineties, I did turn it off after 45 minutes. That's true. And I never went back to oh. finish it, but I did feel like you would like it. That was in my head. I don't know if I expressed that properly last week, but I thought you might like it if you ever watch it, but it did say I something that we, like we didn't it. watch it. I think you know, should, that I, I also thought it got ago? a lot better. Yeah, I thought it got. Yeah, it was like, I think it was 2018 when it came out. I think it got better as it went along too. Because at first I was less into it, but as it went on, I got you know more involved in the character. I'm gonna give it another chance. Yeah, I don't like <laughs> to just leave a movie hanging like that. And things change for me all the time, so I will do that. Good call. Good call here. All right. Uh, by the way, Eric Branch is gonna share his thoughts, but Russell propped in. He said, "Hey, everybody! I normally knocked out Captain Freedom's workout routine <laughs> around this time, but I just wanted to drop in and say hi. Hi, Russell." Speaking of uh, Wait, Larry Clark, he... <laughs> like that's all his routine is. <laughs> Gigantic dude looks fucking ripped as hell. All his routine is is this: wave your arms back and forth. Not very flexible. Uh, I will say that Russell was the master of the Larry Clark bully gif. That's why there's the Larry mm. Clark connection there. So, God damn, there it is. Yeah. Eric, what you got, buddy? I'll be quick. Two seasons of Alfred Hitchcock Presents from the 50s. Each season is like 35 episodes long. So I watched like 70 episodes of 30-minute long television from the 1950s. Fucking fantastic. I thought this was like a joke. And like I went back and I watched them and like good. every episode is fantastic. But sadly, they're bookended by Hitch, who like dumbs down the proceedings in the most... <laughs> ridiculous way before it starts he's like what you're about to see is like he's like a chicken and like eggs and he's like doing all this stupid shit and then this intense beautiful allegorical piece of art happens and then after he comes back and he's like wasn't that fantastic he's like frying the eggs and then like beating the chicken to death. <laughs> like bookends the, these fantastic episodes with the dumbest shit you've ever seen but a fantastic show i'm so happy that there's more um that's really been tripping me up lately, and I'm not about to stop. But I did pause to watch uh, Queen of Earth, Alex Ross Perry, who's like, uh, he's the king of like elevated mumblecore is the only way I can describe it. It's like mumblecore, but it's like elevated <laughs> mumblecore. So like not just people sitting around making shit up and super boring. There's a little more to it. He did uh, Her Smell, which I fucking loved with Elizabeth Moss in 2019. Fantastic film. Um this is so bad. It's so fucking boring. And I'm kind of pissed because like with how bad this was and how much I love her smell, I'm worried about his next project because he's doing a pavement biopic. What? He's doing a pavement, pavement? movie. Yeah. Yep. He's doing pavement a movie? Malcolmus, pavement the movie. Like people are going to play Steve Malcolmus and Spiral yeah. Stairs? It's like a documentary mixed. With, it's a documentary on like the making of the pavement musical, 
but also interspersed with a biopic of Malcolm's forming pavement. Wow. Yeah. Well, I can't think of anyone less capable to do it because her smell was fucking terrible. Loved it. <laughs> boring. If that, if if you loved her smell and then found this movie boring, I can only imagine that they use it to put people to death for euthanasia. <laughs> this one certainly cures insomnia, and that's about it, man. I can't wait for this show to end so I can watch more. Alfred Hitchcock presents. <laughs> can't wait. Don't don't have to talk to you guys anymore. <laughs> okay. That's that. That's that theme. That's a classic theme. I'm just. If somebody had well, asked many, me, hey, what is that? I'm like, I don't know. How many more seasons are there, Eric? God love me. I think there might be five or six. I hope to God there's at least five because so good. Like the guest stars are out of control. Joanne Woodward, mm-hmm. Charles Bronson. It's been fantastic. Yeah, I grew up watching those. It was good stuff. Oh, shit. Um. I'm going to do something a little different here because I just want to make sure Amanda gets enough time and then I can adjust mine. So, Amanda, if you don't mind, would you like to go next and then I'll follow you up and I can tighten up mine. Based, I want you to take your time, do as much as you want, and then I will follow suit. Yeah, you get a chit-chatty person on here as a fourth and it's, yeah, it's going to be a long episode. <laughs> yeah. Hey, damn right it is. Uh, That's why we got you on here. Let's do it. So normally I don't get to spend a lot of time watching movies, um, but as it so happened, these really are my quarantine viewing picks. I was sick with a cold, and so I got to watch a lot of movies. So it, this it worked out well. I have things to talk about. I was texting with Travis quite a bit because I was just flipping through and selecting things that I had no idea what they were going to be like, and that was kind of fun. Um, I did have one recommendation from friends, which was the Disney movie Encanto. Uh, I hadn't seen that, hadn't, didn't really know anything about it. I had heard the Bruno song and that was about it. I <laughs> loved it. So good. I thought it was fantastic. It was so sweet. It was so nuanced for a Disney movie. Did it do well? I have no idea, but I thought it was great. The characters were great. Um, this traumatic event happens and then the way it shapes another generation and then another generation, um, family trauma, um, little things like the Bruno character. Are we, we do spoilers here? What's the deal here? Mm, oh, absolutely. Spoilers. I mean, if you're, I mean, it's an older movie. Hey, um, so spoilers, the Bruno get ready. character, you know, he, he was kind of scapegoated and blamed for things and he basically like this is a depiction of mental illness right we've got like agoraphobia and ocd to cope with anxiety there's all of this stuff going on in this movie i was pretty surprised um and in the end it wasn't what i expected it wasn't just oh we're gonna do this thing i don't know it was left a little ambiguous and it wasn't oh we're gonna give the character something to make it all okay. It was like, you're good. We're cool. We're cool with how people are. We're cool. Um, it's okay so yeah, to be was, you. Exactly. So it was really good. Um, I, something random I had seen previews for a long time ago, and it was ridiculous and over the top and so funny. <laughs> Barb and Star go to Vista Del Mar. Oh, Jesus. I, okay. This was looked to be some sort of um, middle-aged women go on a vacation, like um, these girls are getting their grooves back kind of thing. It, that's not 
just what it was. Um, have you seen this? Have you heard about it? Okay. Who's in it? I thought it was just about these nice women from Minnesota, Kristen Wiig and her friend, and they go on vacation. They have these upper Midwestern accents. It's going to be awesome. That is, it's, it's like Austin Powers. It is a satirical, uh, like spy and super villain movie. I had no idea. Uh -huh. It starts out. Yes, exactly. I thought it was them sitting around getting like a tan, cracking jokes no. about like money and shit. No. It is a whole other thing. Kristen Wiig plays the super villain character. She's oh. got weird makeup on. It is so funny. Um, uh, the sidekick villain is is Jamie Dornan, um, the actor who's, you know, so, you know, they are these sweet women from Minnesota, but then they are cracking sex jokes about um, getting it on with Jamie Dornan. He's got, there's also musical numbers. I Weird. just put it on for something to see and I was sort of delighted and horrified at the same time because it was so <laughs> different than what I knew. You not um, know if you liked it or did you like it? I actually liked it. Hmm. I'm not, maybe I'm not as critical as you guys, but it was funny. It was so over the top ridiculous that <laughs> I had to laugh. Um, yeah. <laughs> so if you're looking for something wow. very bizarre, and I don't know if they, there was any press about this whole super villain plot that reminded me of, of Austin Powers. They were pushing it. Was. Like they came in character to like one of the award ceremonies and like no one cared. No one saw the movie, like lost so much money. But they were like, I, I don't think they advertised it enough or maybe no. if they would have done it for what it was, it could have been something. But I thought it was just That's, like Grace and Frankie, like light. Exactly. I thought that too. I thought it would be funny with the whole like... Um, northern midwest politeness like oh these two ladies are gonna get wild and i thought that would be fun but yeah, it was so much more than that and i don't think that they gave any of that away in any of the press um but um and i think the production company is um i forget if it's one that's like a will ferrell production company or something like oh. that um i think Kristen wig was a huge contributing factor to it um just because she does a couple of characters, but um, if you like her, if it was, uh, what, it was it, what was it? What they, what they were? Uh, what they? Dirty Sanchez. What was that production company? Will this, Ferrell and Ed McKay. That's dissolved. So maybe that's not why they didn't put money into it because it was maybe. falling apart the, after they had made it. This mm. one was called like. Um, it sounded like a woman's name was the name hmm. of the production company. They Unless still they have, yeah, because Will Ferrell's like kept the company and like changed the name. They still use like a similar logo, but not the hmm. same logo. It's it's something weird. Hmm. So is it? Yeah, but I, so it just was so randomly entertaining <laughs> that I I have to say check that out. Um, it, a recommendation from Travis, which was uh, the menu. <laughs> Uh, because of my my culinary background, I think maybe he was like she's she'll, she's gonna like this, but he didn't remember that I'm not so much in the horror. Um, so horror? again, going in with ah. zero expectation of this movie, um, I loved it. I loved it. I was laughing. I messaged him like, "Am I is this is, is it okay to laugh?" Because there's parts that are so funny, I was cracking up. Um, but. I'm not very familiar with the genre at all, so it was all new to me, but I really liked it. Um, just 
it was so, it just, everything was so over the top. It was everything that I loved and hate about food, about the restaurant industry, about, you know, just because of my experience with that, um, all of it wrapped up into one. So, um, it's, it's good. I really liked it. Have Dude, you've been watching the bear, <laughs> the bear. You got to watch the bear on Hulu. Yeah, yeah if you're, if, you do. If you want the the ultimate culinary like job TV show, the bear oh. is top notch. Wait, is this a, yep. is this like is it fiction? Yeah, it's fiction. It's like about like a guy that goes from the, the French Laundry to work in his family's sandwich shop. Oh, okay. yeah, it's based in Chicago, and it's really good. Mm. Yeah, you'll yeah. you'll probably yes. like it. That's where I went to culinary school, so I like that. You should watch it. Exactly. Um, and then my most exciting discovery of randomness um, was The Northman. I'm not sure if you guys have talked about that on here yet, yeah. but yep. again, didn't know anything about it. Um, and I thought Vikings, awesome. Uh, Skarsgård, awesome. Let's put that on. I expected it to be Game of Thronesy. I expected it to be like that. It fifteen minutes in, I'm like, "What the hell is going on here? This is so weird. This reminds me of like A Lion in Winter or Macbeth. Oh. Uh, you know, just very strange. Just the whole style was not what I expected. Um, but then I got a hot tip that I was I was kind of on the right thought there with the origin of the story and everything like that. Um, I, I, this is where my history nerd stuff comes out and just, I have a particular affinity to um, Viking history. Um, so as I was watching it, even in the opening scenes and there was so much that was historically accurate, I was nerding out Um the costuming was amazing. There were pieces of jewelry that were replicas of things I have seen um, from, you know, dig sites, not personally, but like in academic papers, in, you know, photographs of. So, and then, okay, well, now then I learn about the director and kind of what he's known for and that's his thing. And yeah, I was blown away. I, it was really exciting to see something with that level of historical accuracy um to see some of the the tropes fall by the wayside um but yet it, there were still fantasy elements because it was based on a legend um yeah i i just was blown away by it i would not have minded seeing some oscar love for that movie yeah. as well scars guard in particular wow. yeah the best actor nom as far as i'm concerned it was he's, yeah, Mike's making a bad face. Like, no, did you I, see wouldn't, I like, no, hell no. You know, I wouldn't, but I'd, no, I, I love history. Amanda, I'm, I mean, I'm a big history buff like you, you know, I taught history oh. once upon a time when I was a teacher in previous life and you have opened me up more to seeing it. It's just, I've seen Edgar's other film, the witch, which we did Dude. on the show. And well, one of his other films, right? I haven't well, seen his other films. I, so I have no idea how it stacks up to those um it's more accessible that i, just I was know just what gonna he's say into, that so. just, mm-hmm. just from seeing little bits and pieces about the other ones this looks the most hollywood i yeah. guess but it, it is still i don't know i feel like it could go a long way to bring normies into our more artistic <laughs> filmmaking 
But um, <laughs> in a past episode, you guys said something about, I forget which movie it was, but it's just an okay movie. But people are like, this, this movie is so good. This is an epic mm-hmm. movie. You know what I mean? Sounds like right. it's boring now to you or it's not something that important to you. But I feel like this could be a tipping point for a lot of people to maybe appreciate different things. Um, wow. It's it is brutal. Um, it shows, you know, this. I guess that is a stereotype, right? That Vikings are brutal or can be brutal. Um, so that element is there. Um, but I don't think that it's. Yeah, I don't know. It's dark in that way, but I just thought that the filmmaking was brilliant. I thought the accuracy mm-hmm. was absolutely amazing. And I'm talking about very detailed things uh, that I just appreciated seeing because I knew about them. Um, so mm-hmm. the setting, everything is done really well. And then that acting style of this very old like film classics of epic adventure. Um, <laughs> it reminded me of stage acting in a way. And then finding out that it's based on the legend that... that um, Hamlet is based off of and so it all fell together and without knowing all of that it was conveyed very well because I picked up on it right away Hmm. all right I'll stop talking now those are my picks go see the Northman (laughs) if you haven't already um it was awesome Mm -hmm. okay well the Northman may move up my list that was intriguing I know (laughs) what uh Eggers is about so well, it's, he was, this isn't a horror movie. It's like a, it's I know. Like pretty much an action fantasy. Yeah, yeah. It has nothing to do with that, Eric. It's not about that. It's just, it's just the way he makes a movie. That's all. I know I'm going to have to okay. chill and settle in, and the pacing will be brutal, and I understand that. Pacing, <laughs> it's, you not, know. It's, it's not The <laughs> no. Witch or Lighthouse pacing. It's a lot more, again, it's a lot more accessible. It's a lot more Hollywood. It's, I think you can oh, Conan yeah, the right. Barbarian pacing. Yeah, Conan ah! the Barbarian pacing. Which, which Amanda considered. That was my second <laughs> choice. <gasps> oh, oh I'm so glad so you chose The Running Man. Good. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, Amanda. Thank you for doing that. I live to see you eat that contract. All right. So as far as what I watch, you know, like I said, I blew through some of the Oscar films. We talked about some of that already. Uh, I did. So, Amanda, I didn't want to jump on what you were saying, but I did see the menu and I fucking loved it. It's so good. It's so good. It's my favorite movie oh my of 2022. Really? So, oh yes. Yes. It's in my top great. 10. I love oh, yeah. everything you said, Amanda. I'm, I'm not a horror guy. And I, I would, Travis, you're right. I don't need, I don't think it is horror. I think it's a, it's not really. it's a dark comedy. comedy. Yeah. Black comedy. Uh, you could call it thrilling and mysterious if you want to, but. It's just yeah, it's a mystery. Oh, what it does well, okay, is awesome. Certain things because you haven't seen it. Okay. No All spoilers, right. man. No spoilers. Thing. I'm just saying it's okay. just it's the type of movie that's. I was like, well, uh, people are gonna get murdered and stuff. I don't know if I want to get around to this. I had the wrong idea of this movie entirely. It's a great. I have to see Triangle of Sadness now for what Travis said because he said it was such a great send up on capitalism. And again, yeah. there's. Just a lot of tidbits, if you will. And Nick, I'll just say this: that this is not a spoiler. It's just Nicholas Holt is incredible in this movie. He's what? so, so yes. he's so good. He, yes, Nicholas Holt, yes. Good? yes, yes. Yeah, come on, yeah. now we're going too far. It was bizarre. incredible, incredible. Dude, you've seen Fury Road. The man can act. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it, was, it was great. The menu. I was like yelling. I couldn't believe how like animated it made me. I watched it all by myself wow. last weekend. I was like, oh, <laughs> what? It was crazy. It's so funny. I mean, I, I yeah. think Ralph Ray Fine is just 
top form. It's a treasure. I mean, like to look oh. at the, to watch that movie and not think of anything like uh, like I, you know, I do not think of Harry Potter. I don't think of uh, Schindler's List. It's just no. like here is this. This is the chef. This is, that's I just I saw see. the character, ah. and that's <laughs> that's the best. That is the okay. best. And the actress, who's the actress that plays the Anya Taylor Joy? Yeah, no, uh, no, no, who's no, also no, in the Northman. Her. No, the I one mean, who played like too. the Mater D. Yes. Yes. Like the number two. Like I, I was just gonna talk about her because she was in a movie called Downsizing, which is an Alexander Payne movie with Matthew Damon. Again, Came out in 2017. Again. I love Downsizing. Not everybody loves Downsizing, right? But that was the it was the first time I saw her, Amanda. And when I saw that movie, she played a Vietnamese refugee with real broken English. And I honestly didn't know who she was. Her name's Hong Chow in real life. And I didn't know that Hong Chow oh. was just like an English-speaking person because she was so good in downsizing and then i saw her in this movie and i mean clearly she's just a regular english speaking person i had no idea and And that's how good the acting was that's yeah we should mention she's nominated for best supporting actress for the whale right yeah so speaking of Oscar nominations now i kind of want to see her in that yeah yeah that's enough yeah she's like starting to have a moment now i feel like too and she was great i completely agree with you amanda she was a beautiful just (laughs) I'll, okay, I can't say anything else because yeah, Eric hasn't seen it. But there, but there were, I don't know. She, and listeners may not have seen it as well. Yeah. The, consider them. Who cares about these people? Who are they? The that, listeners? Viewers? Who are just, you? Everyone was very dedicated. The characters were great. Oh, Hello. guess who's blowing in? Luke Horbeck. Man, I wish I could hear what you're all saying. Amanda blew my mind with her take on 8mm back in the day. <laughs> Well, Luke, you actually can hear what we're all saying later if you want yeah. to. I don't know. I, presumably, you're unable to at the moment. Eight millimeter, or perhaps oh you've lost He's... the power of hearing. I don't. I don't know what's going on with you, but Luke, yeah. I, if you're listening out there, if you can actually hear, yes, I would love to talk to you about movies more, especially Luke, after your to... your um, co-hosting days here. Luke, I'd yes. love to talk to you well... about Nick Cage since that's what you're. Also messaging about so. Yeah, you guys Ooh, could have I got a ball some questions then. about class warfare. Email me. Cinnamonipod <laughs> <laughs> at gmail.com. Class warfare talk. But yeah, Luke. Oh yeah, Luke's uh, hearing us now because he said same. Okay, there you go, Luke. I yeah. knew you'd figure it out. It's not us. It's you. Look, the menu's great. Check it out. If you some reason you're like, eh, it's not my cup of tea. Just watch it. Just watch the menu, please. Okay, please and thank you. Uh, I went back because Travis watched it. I watched the Irishman for the second time. I never saw it again. We talked okay. about it last week, and I was. The way you talked about it, Travis, I was like, huh, okay, I'll go back and watch a second time. And man, the movie is so good. It is so great. So so good. good. Al Pacino, it's like Al Pacino's, you know, we talked about Robert De Niro in Silver Linings Playbook and how good he was in that. This is Al Pacino who's at an even older age and he's incredible as Jimmy Hoffa. They all are. When when they are, when De Niro is straight up telling him, we're going to kill you if you don't fucking back off. It's it's so, he's so awesome in that. This is Dude. my union. This is my union. <laughs> to me, God. to me, Robert De Niro just sitting there on the phone, you know, that, that one scene. I'm just like sitting silently on the phone. Some of the best acting anyone's ever done. I'm just, look, look at him. Look, look at how he sits there on the phone. <laughs> it's amazing. It's so good. Yeah, I love it. The Irishman's outstanding. Uh, a little bit of controversy now on maybe how accurate the book it's based on is, whatever. Jimmy Hoffa is always going to be controversial, but yeah. the film itself, the only beef I still have, and I noticed it right away, is that when you do the de-aging stuff, when De Niro's trying oh. to play like the 40-year-old oh, version dude, of himself yeah, no. or the 35-year-old yeah. version, he, and he's trying to kick that guy's ass at the grocery store, and his yeah. arms, like, and the way he throws a gun in the Google room, he's like, ooh, 
It's like his arm doesn't have full range of motion anymore, so he's like underhanding it in a really bizarre old man way. It is so yeah. weird, but other than that. You can see his hip breaking in one scene. It detracts from the movie because it's like all anybody ever talks about when they talk about the movie. I know! Talk about the rest of it, kind of like Basic Instinct. We're doing that recently. Um, there's a, a certain <laughs> thing about the movie that just ends up overshadowing the rest of this, well, in Irishman's case, a really great movie. So good. Yeah, you're right about that. Here, quick comment about the episode of Basic Instinct. Basic Instinct. Basic Instinct? Oh, it was a great episode. Proud of you all. Proud that we're comfortable, gentlemen, to use the word vagina. All right. I encourage you to level up your game. We're we're great with that word now. We're comfortable. I'm proud of you. Let's level up our accuracy game now. And, and like, right? The vagina is an internal organ. You weren't really looking at the vagina in that movie. Oh, She's right. Okay. You're right. You, you would That's know. Fair. That said, words like penis and vagina, uh, I feel like are only appropriate, like, in a doctor's office. <laughs> this could be a first for, this could be a first for a vulva on this There you podcast. go. See, you know it. <laughs> yeah. So now hey, let's go to the next level. Volva. See? We're listening to yes. Volva talk. With Volva, Michael, Travis, and Eric. <laughs> Labia. Yeah. The Volva 9. Jora. Yeah. There's all kinds of stuff going on in there, isn't there, Amanda? Awesome. Yes. Eric, you're can you remake our font with the Vagina 9 podcast and just on it? <laughs> yes. In the well, hey, I'll take that. Thank you, Amanda. Thank you for giving mm-hmm. us credit yeah, there. We weren't you, looking Volva. for it, but we walked into it. I mean, that's good. That's the best type of credit. <laughs> we walked right into that uh, Volva. We <laughs> Yeah, so uh, Irishman uh, is it's a good. revolvador it's, of comedy. Yeah. And by the way, the, the way Joe Pesci looks so the de aging looks good on Pesci because when he's like toothless with no with no dentures in the jail mm-hmm. scene at the end, he looks so much older. So it does work in a way sometimes. Uh, I never saw it. I finally saw Judy, the Judy Garland movie with our oh, old pal yeah. Renee Zellweger. I need to see that. I need to see it. How yeah, are rock solid. It's a rock solid. Moment of time, not a biopic. It's like it's one of these like, hey, we're just gonna pop into this person's life that you know okay. for this moment, and it's stuff I didn't know about, you know. So I learned, I learned things, and it was good. And she was really good, and it's a solid, solid film. Check it out. I'm not even like some crazy Judy Garland person either. Just to be clear, uh, guys, I fired up the pale blue eye just like you did, and yes. man, it was, it was good. It was good. Yeah. It was, it was good. yeah. You know, if I could watch that, I'll watch The Northman. I think I will. Again, I mean, that's a it's a bit, a bit more of a dry, slower film in terms of like it's the 1800s. There's not a lot of bells and whistles to distract you, like uh, you know, everything, everywhere, all at once. But Christian Bale's great, and the guy who uh, plays Poe is excellent. And that face, it, yeah, it's a good movie. It's that a face didn't bother you. It's uh, as the movie dragged on, I'm like, okay, I've accepted <laughs> this guy's face, and I'm just moving forward. So yeah, initially I was like. This guy's voice and face and like acceptance. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna much. I'm gonna accept this guy and move forward. So that's what I did. <laughs> Pale Blue Eyes, a rock solid film, a, a period piece, a mystery. So if you like murder stuff, you'll like that a lot because yeah. it's one of those things. And then uh like I said, everywhere everything all at once blew me away. I didn't know how funny it was. Nobody told me how hilarious it was. And that Jamie Lee Curtis is in it. Mm-hmm. Nobody told me that either. That's Academy this is Award? all stuff that's is she nominated? For, She's nominated? It's her first Academy Award <laughs> nomination for the Best yeah. Supporting Actress for this. True. Okay. True. So, have we all seen this? No. Mm-hmm. Okay. I have. Well, can I, I love at least? Now. No, no spoilers. Okay. But just it's not a spoiler. Well. It's just the way she looks. I'm I'm curious <laughs> if she did things 
she I, she she very deliberately pushed her stomach out and just like deliberately wanted ba- like asked for bad angles and like sat in uh, positions that made okay. her look unfair. I was just curious. I mean, yeah. she's like seventy now, right? I mean, she's not a spring chicken, know. but uh, I was just like, oh my god, that's Jamie Lee Curtis, and I just hadn't seen her on film in a minute, so yeah. I was I was I like, are they playing with And I didn't recognize her. Yeah, right. It was mm-hmm. that was wild. That's a I love that's a great movie. I love how weird we're getting into society that a movie like this could be so well accepted that it gets 11 Academy Award nominations because it's out there, man. It's a weird fucking yes. movie. Oh, hell yeah. Mm. I, awesome. I was listening to a podcast the other day and some woman who was talking about the Oscar noms, she was like in her 60s maybe, and she's like, I don't get it. It's just so chaotic. I don't. Maybe I'm the old bag. She literally called herself an old bag who doesn't get it. I'm like, okay, maybe that is true, but... She said either 50% of the people who love this movie were on acid or I'm crazy. And I'm like, no, you don't have to be on acid to love everything well, everywhere all at once. fucking guys, the it's, Daniels, they made wow. Swiss Army Man, which I detested so much. Turned, I wanted to break my fucking television. Oh, yeah. I turned, I turned Swiss Army Man off. But what else did they, mm. did they do? Did they do one other movie together? I feel like they did something else that was good, but I can't place it right now but yeah i turned swiss army man off and i fucking hated that movie but uh this is not remotely like that not remotely Uh this is uh an explosion of pop culture (laughs) yes and james hong man i got so excited that james (laughs) hong is playing a major role in a current movie like this that made me happy hell yeah low pan (laughs) forever and and ki hui kwan coming back for for it too i mean it's what he brought him back ki Uh, ki hui he was best known as short, uh, short round, from the, oh, and he was also Data and the Goonies. Yeah, the man was it's blacklisted. From, yeah, he was black. Where have you been? Yeah, he's been he's been blacklisted from Hollywood for thirty years, or whatever, and then decides to get back in this in the scene. He hires a new agent. The first thing that they call him up for is the is the audition for that role, and now he's nominated for Academy Award for it. There's talk of him uh, continuing it's, the Indiana so Jones good. franchise. Perhaps yeah. there's all kinds of stuff happening for this guy now. Your mind is blown. If you're uh, watching this, you should see Mike's face because he hasn't blinked. It's incredible. My mind is truly blown right now. I did not get this tidbit. I missed the movie tidbit minute that that was talked about. So you missed the tid and the bit. Yeah, I guess a little bit, a little bit. I think he talked about his reunion with Harrison Ford. So it was the photo that they took together reenacting one of the old photos. Mm -hmm. Oh, really? And it's totally adorable. Yeah. Really good. Like good heart. Like just that's a feel good thing. And he won the uh, Golden Globe Best Supporting Actor for this. And he was able to like thank Steven Spielberg, so who was in the room, uh, for oh. getting him his, his start in the first place oh with the uh, Temple it's of Doom. Very cool. Very cool Hollywood story. story. Yeah. Beautiful. Positive story. It's great. Ev- and everyone's stoked to have him back. Everyone liked him back then. I mean, I'm, how many times in your life did you say, whatever mm-hmm. happened to that mm-hmm. guy? Everyone liked him. Do we know yeah. what happened? Well, he got black. Like he, he just he couldn't get work. For, like everyone wanted him to play like you know like an Asian mm-hmm. Asian stereotype, and he just didn't want to do that. And yeah. so he I remember kinda, he popped up on Encino Man, and then he was on back. ER for a, quite a bit as a bit player. But he was a fight choreographer huh. for quite a long time too. He did, he did the fight choreography on the X Men oh, yeah. movies. Yeah. Oh shit! Yeah. I didn't know that. That's cool. Yeah. Maybe uh, he oh. was busy selling fanny packs. I don't know. All right, uh, I want to say it. Look, that guy is the reason that, like, you can get out of bed in the morning. Like, that's a story that I can live for. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. I'm so mm-hmm. glad I've just learned this. This is wonderful news. Uh, I fired up the uh, hatchet-wielding hitchhiker documentary about <laughs> this guy too, 10 years ago. Yeah, you watch that. that one? Oh, man. 
I remember when it happened, so I didn't really feel the need you to did. watch it again. Yeah, I got my mm-hmm. dose of Cody. What's his name? Cody? Kai. I got my dose of mm-hmm. Kai. Yeah, I got my dose of Kai back in the day. I'm, the I'm good fuck? on him still. I <laughs> did you, Amanda, did you uh, remember this? This happened 10 years ago. <laughs> Kai, the hatchet wheeling hitchhiker. Uh, it came up when I was looking for things to watch this past week, and I kind of just went right by that one. Well, if you're not in, I'm not a true crime like weirdo. You know, that's. It's out of control with true crime, but that was just fascinating because the guy became so yeah, famous. Yeah, he was Jimmy on Jimmy Kimmel. Kimmel, and he was living a vagabond nomad lifestyle, free of any shelter. And uh, it's just weird. I, I strongly recommend that if you want to just check out a quick documentary about the hatchet wielding hitchhiker. Uh, the other one that blew me away that's so true and awful is is don't pick up the phone yeah. about yeah, this guy. I that too. It's yeah. fucked up. Oh my god. What the yeah, hell, uh, man? Serial huh? fast food prank caller turned like, ex, ex, uh, like how do you like, sexual, sexual assault? assault. Like, yeah, it's fucked I mean, up. It's like by Okay, so to put this premise, it yeah. I I, Go I, ahead. I can't good luck. Put this together in an elevator pitch. <laughs> yeah, well, to succinctly tell you this, the guy back in like from 94 to about 2004, all across America, this guy's using calling cards and he's just calling all these fast food restaurants <laughs> in like you know, middle of nowhere America, all over the country, and he'll just start saying he's a cop, and that somebody who is always a female, mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. course, who fits like a, a description of somebody, a petite, black-haired female, stole fifty bucks or took someone's yeah. purse, and we're gonna need someone, we're gonna need her to come down, and we're gonna have to strip right. search her. And somehow, the person on the phone he's talking to, which would usually be a fast food manager <laughs> at a McDonald's or something, would be talked into. Uh, doing the strip search to the person in the office of the fast food yeah. place. This yeah. happened all across the country. There's like, it will blow your mind because it's it's not just sexual assault's awful, but it's also about this psychological uh, like factor, yeah. this edge that this guy was able to get people to do. Like, it's like the Nazi, you know, people talk about the Nazis. How could they do these horrible things? I could get into that about the menu. That's a whole other thing because I was mm-hmm. into the uh, whole psychology uh, of that. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. Okay. We can't say more. That's here. a good you call. Gotta... That's a good call. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What people will do Whoa. when they're told to. Exactly. Was it Milgram? The Milgram experiment? Yeah. Yeah. That's what it was uh, mentioned in uh, Don't Pick Up the Phone. It wow. just blow your mind, guys. All right. Uh, and uh, like I said, I watched uh, All Quiet in the Western Front. I really like to check it out. And Elvis, guys, Elvis is just so disappointing, <gasps> man. I don't get it. Mm-hmm. I, I get Michael. it, but I don't wow. get it. I mean, Everyone has seen Elvis on the show. Yeah. Is that correct? Yeah, he just disagrees right? with Travis, you. Travis, you saw it? Travis oh, wow. saw yeah, Elvis, I, I think. I thought I would hate it because I hate Baz Luhrmann movies, but uh, I think it was mostly Austin Butler's performance did it yeah. for me. That's good. That accent. It's just a strange jump. Oh, yeah. To, okay, so the Razzie for Tom Hanks is <laughs> Hall of Fame. Where the, it's so, what is it? Like, so bizarre. Fat suit, boy, too? Like, I knew. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm fat so He's constantly at a fucking blackjack table in like Mirage, <laughs> like weird Oliver Stone shit. Just like, it's just weird, man. It, but like I don't Brian care if it's weird. Cox. I like weird. Yeah, get, get Brian, Brian Cox or some other like Brendan Gleeson. Get somebody who's actually like a big dude who's older and yeah. don't make Dick a really stupid accent because the guy didn't have that accent. So there's really no reason he was from the Netherlands, but he didn't have Wait. a Dutch accent. Mm-hmm. So like, why give him a Dutch? And I no, didn't have no. an accent. No, he was. He <laughs> yeah. like a what is Tom Hanks doing? <laughs> I don't know. See, Amanda, 
We are history buffs here. To play on oh, TV Jesus. with. Mm-hmm. Not saying I love this part. Terrible. You're fucking mm-hmm. Boris and Natasha bullshit. Ten mistakes, but one decision. Look, Amanda, we're history buffs here, and I know mm-hmm. that Hollywood does what Hollywood does with history movies all the time. We know this. But this, I mean, Eric, you're like the Elvis expert here. Yeah. I mean, it was just like off the wall with some of the uh, liberties that were taken with this movie. And I guess it bothered me too much, seen, even though I know like, it's fantastical like, Bosler Lerman like Bozo 15 Fest. 15 Elvis biopics, okay? I like this one because... <laughs> It it wasn't paint by number. It wasn't. It didn't fit the formula. It did something a little bit different. Stirred it up. It was kind of like it was kind of like watching like it was kind of like an Elvis pinball machine that you'd play, but like in as a film. It was fun. <laughs> yeah, I, he was never like the timing was weird with all the other musicians. He was never doing those things. He was never hanging out with a lot of those people. Mm. I get that. I kind of don't care because it was fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, I don't. I don't hate it. I just the the liberties got out of control, but it is fairly entertaining. I will say that. So if you don't care about anything, you just want to be entertained. Throw on Elvis. All right, there it is. Wow, we had a lot to talk about this week. So now we can finally focus in on what we like to call our main event. This bout is scheduled for one fall. It is time oh, to go back weird. to the '80s, which, as uh, Travis mentioned last week, is underrepresented on our show. We, I mean, we're children of the '80s, but we don't seem to do yeah. as many '80s movies as we should. So it is a right. welcome respite that Amanda has selected the one and only Running Man. Amanda, can you take us back in time now? Can you recall the first time you ever <laughs> saw the Running Man? Do you remember that moment? I could not put a date on it. Mm, nope. I you think about a date, but you remember like a feel? Mm. Like I was there, and it was a VHS copy. Yeah, it was a it was a definite VHS situation from Movie mm. Land. Great video uh, store. <laughs> I think a lot of <laughs> from my my a lot of my childhood movies. I have an older brother, um, five years apart. So he, you know, when I was quite little, I was seeing stuff like this and more. But I think it informed a lot of. I don't know. Like I like action movies. I like um, sci-fi fantasy and I don't know because it was around in my house. So yeah, it was a VHS situation. I did not remember a lot of this, uh, but I wanted to do something that was definitely stuck to the the concept of this of does it hold up? Hasn't been something that I've seen since I was a kid and I wanted to find out does it hold up? All right. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So yeah, Travis, I, what about I you? Surprised by a lot of it. Um. Yeah, I believe we probably rented the same copy <laughs> from Movie Land when I was growing up. I still see like that silver with the red writing. Like I can still mm. see it because we rented it more than once. And then um, my mom <laughs> and dad broke up, and my um, mom started dating a guy that would record movies for us. So we had like a copy of that really early. I remember being like, "We have, a, we own, we own Running Man. We can watch this." Anytime we want, hit on the block, right? And I literally feel like I mean, this is this is among the first movies that I remember seeing. Like I like I I, like this Predator, Never Ending Story, are like among the movies that like I remember seeing first in my life and watching over and over again. And and man, I watched this a lot once once we had a copy in the house. I watched this a lot, but I was thinking about like you know when I watched it the night before last or last night, I was like, when did I? last watch this and probably sometime in the 90s it, as many times as i've seen it it has been a long time so i was really happy to revisit it ladies and gentlemen if you'll please bear with us we're experiencing technical difficulties 
Everybody hang in there. <laughs> Eric Brantram, the running man. There's no way you got to see this when you Are were Are you a kidding boy. me, dude? You guys know goddamn well that I wasn't allowed to watch rated R films until the early 90s. And when I finally was able to uh, watch some of these adult-oriented pictures, I went back into Schwarzenegger's roster. <laughs> Commando, I watched immediately. Original Terminator, absolutely. Red Dawn, sure. Conan the Barbarian. But I always skipped The Running Man, mostly because it looked so fucking stupid. Uh, I never bothered to watch it. I'm like, Arnold running around in tights? Like, what is this, American Gladiators? I didn't care about it. I just yes. always passed it up until last night. And today, I watched it twice. And uh, I've got a lot to say. Wow. Oh, boy. Coming in hot. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> the running... Yeah, dude, the running man was a VHS copy once again. Really feels like uh, Grandpappy's VHS collection, which I've mentioned on the show recently before. You know, he copied, every, dubbed everything he had from Blockbuster and then some. And he definitely had this copy at my dad's house. Hey, Dad, if you're watching or listening to this, we totally had a running man copy that was dubbed. Right? It was in, it was in that classic pullout, oh, yeah. like wood paneled, wood -paneled uh, VHS front, like black <laughs> yeah! plastic. Yeah, we yes! all had that. Yes. <laughs> See? Oh, man, that is so classic. Uh, Guile says, the last time I saw The Running Man was that very copy of Travis's house. <laughs> That's probably true. <laughs> that has to be true, absolutely. But I I definitely saw it when, let's say, early 90s. Like, it was sitting there, and I fired it up. So I can't remember exactly what day it was, like you, Amanda. I don't recall, but I watched it many, many times on VHS after that. All right, let's take a look at the IMDb rating, which we always love to guess on this show. Amanda, what is your guess on the IMDb rating? I'm going to go low sixes. <laughs> hmm. Is oh. it generous? Is that generous? Like <laughs> six? It's your, <laughs> your call. Your choice. Six Stick to your three? guns. Six three. Okay. I was thinking six, six five. Six one. Uh, really? What? Oh, man. Maybe I'm... I was going to say it's like a seven. Like just a rock solid seven. Am I crazy? Right. I guess we'll find out. We get we're running the gamut here as far as uh oh. what is it? Yeah, it's a six six. Okay. okay. Well yeah, I, I mean, like to win. Yeah, hey. closest without going over. Great job. <laughs> a sixty-seven percent from the critics on the thermometer with a sixty percent what? A sixty percent audience score. What the hell is wrong <laughs> with the audience? I don't understand. Oh. I'm really surprised by that. Didn't didn't they see this when they were eight years old? Don't they understand how amazing this is to an eight year old? <laughs> oh boy, that says it all. Maybe that's what You've it encapsulated is. Encapsulated. Oh, I thought the audience. I just thought this was a movie that the audience would love a lot more than the critics. I guess I, maybe I. I thought they were having more fun. What do I know? Let's look at some critical reviews as we always like to share on here. We've got people like you know Bill Goody Coons might be checking in. He's always out there lurking. Do you know what? Uh, early in the. It's early for. Do you know Goody Coons, Amanda? You know his work? <laughs> Only by name from you guys. <laughs> but I keep wanting to sing like Goody Coons, Goody Coons, Goody Coons. Is that a bad song? <laughs> don't drink, don't smoke. Yeah, it is. A, yeah. <laughs> don't see, turn off. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Goody Coons. Oh, guys, how about this? Right off the bat, Destin yes. Thompson. Yes. Shut up. Really? In the year 2000, he reviewed this. Oh, wow. So, In the year 2000. Destin said, you want to know if The Running Man is a good time macho show, right? Yes. Stay at home and watch professional wrestling. Ah, oh, Destin. Oh, well, hey, oh, a lot has changed since 2000. 
Yeah, maybe we need an update, Dustin. We'd love to have you come on Cinema 9 to give us your updated opinion on The Running Man. Uh, good old Ebes wrote about Ebes. this, of course, and talked about it. Ebes. Uh, he said that the movie's problem is, is that all of the action scenes are versions of the same scenario. Hmm, yeah. <laughs> That's fair. not wrong about that. That's a pretty good yeah. point. It's kind of like repetitive, like, okay, the next badass comes in. Arnold's going right. to take him down. Turn, next badass is just like a different... What element will the, this villain be using to kill Water? People? Drown him. <laughs> yeah, chill out. Uh, Vincent Canby of the New York Times in a steam paper said, it's not quite network. <laughs> wow. Okay. But wow. But then no, it also right. doesn't take itself too seriously. That's right. It doesn't take itself yeah. too seriously, yeah. Vincent. Yeah, I like that. It has fun with that whole yeah. enterprise, but it doesn't go too far. It's, yeah, it's, it's satirical, but mm -hmm. still fun. It's pretty light on the reviews. Otherwise, uh, I can give you Adam Naiman from The Ringer on 2019. So this is a little more recent. However far away from the book's original vision, the movie may stray. It ends up right in Arnold's wheelhouse, letting him dispatch a series of worthy rivals with a plum. <laughs> a plum. Yeah. How nice about that? Huh? There. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I like, if, I like yeah. plums. I love a good plum. Yes. And finally, uh, <laughs> how about... Variety. The staff. It just says variety staff. It doesn't even say a person. Just oh, as the they didn't want their byline on that. Yeah, Anonymous. clearly, right? So the variety staff person in 2008 <laughs> said this: Schwarzenegger sadistically dispatches the baddies, enunciating typical wisecrack remarks, many repeated from his previous films. But it's all too easy. Some many repeated. Some guy from the mailroom at Variety submitted like an anonymous. <laughs> Isn't that hilarious? Yeah. Uh, you really fucked up, buddy. <laughs> I don't remember that line. Is that a good one? I don't, I don't remember so, that. Okay. Speaking Ricky? of that, uh, I would like to know was Arnold trying to make I'll be back like a catchphrase? Oh, not. Yeah. Okay, so this was like, okay, I'm trying to make this happen for not just me, or for me, not just in the Terminator. Yeah, in the script, I, I read that uh, the line was like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be coming back for you, like you'll see me again, but the, Arnold convinced the director to change it. And, you know, he, like, I think this is, he's chomping cigars in this, he's chomping <laughs> cigars in Predator. I think yeah. that he is a guy who's very aware of building a brand mm -hmm. and, like, is he was he's never was like someone who's like what can i do in service to this character he's no rory kinnear he is definitely much more of like i am gonna you know, push my star further up into the stratosphere <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah i mean yeah. there was a lot of that right there was a lot of something happens he does something and then we're gonna then turn and give that delivery of an, a great line just something right. totally over the top. <laughs> like, I'm going to grab a guy by his balls <laughs> and throw him by the balls and say, give you a lift. Oh. I lifted yes. you up by your balls. Do you yep. get it? Yeah, <laughs> at least there was great, great dancing. That show's opening. I Good. mean, those dancers were incredible. The dance numbers were Solid fantastic. No there bullshit. was glitter. There were leotards. Awesome. As I'm watching this, I'm like, are, are the crowd really entertained by this? Aren't they just like, kill, kill, kill? I want to see people kill. I don't want to see the cards. The dancing went on for, for quite a while. Yeah. <laughs> There's enough fog to make Mandy blush. <laughs> Speaking of Mandy, I mean, did you did notice you that notice the, the chainsaw it, fight Yeah, scene? it has to be right? directly inspired by Buzzsaw versus uh, Ben Richards. 
Panos huh. Cosmatos is clearly a big yep. fan of yeah, the Running Man. Even the Reds are mm-hmm. all there. I'm watching this. I'm like, this is fucking. This yeah. is Mandy or Mandy's <laughs> yeah, them, pretty much. Oh wow, I <laughs> love it. Yeah, I didn't know that. I do love. So you got this crowd in dude love you got this crowd in the running man studio and then you got this other world outside gambling freaks who are in this like <laughs> it looks so much like a john carpenter post-apocalyptic yeah. world like i feel like john carpenter literally should have gotten credit just for <laughs> hey we're basically using john carpenter's work as our layout for this outdoor gambling industrial post-apocalyptic nightmare mm-hmm. situation we got with a, a chalkboard by the way it's all digital it's the future but we got a fucking chalkboard is that right hey, better than there, that shan- shanty towns with giant screen billboard sized tvs right. is that's a good commentary here's your bread and circuses just fucking watch this and shut up yes they are the clubs <laughs> exactly classic uh, demolition uh, but, man same thing the morlock slip mm-hmm. the subterranean hellhole it's, come on yeah. yeah. Uh, so this actually makes me wonder about the audience score. And, you know, there's quite a bit of poking fun. The audience in the film, you know, they're not the good guys, right? <laughs> I don't know. So I think it makes people a little uncomfortable. Like this film is poking fun at us, the consumer. Uh, I don't like this. I don't like how this makes me feel. So I'm wondering if that is so has something to do with the audience score. It's <laughs> a good point. It's, it's criticizing the viewer and our mm-hmm. and our need to be titillated by violence as we watch a movie that's jam packed with violence designed yes, to entertain that's us. True. Exactly. Um, that's a great point. But then you, you think about it. Yeah. Well, okay. What what is it though? Am I am I taking this at face value and enjoying the the concept and the violence or am i getting into the the satire of it and so i'm we're poking fun at it now we're being critical of it um yeah i i liked that part of it i enjoyed that part of it um you guys were talking about like capitalism this this makes me go all all wild about let's talk about authoritarianism mm-hmm. and um there were a lot of small like little nuanced things about that, yeah. that i mean like the wow, overlap this... sorry no, it's okay. but the overlap between like what you're saying like the entertainment part of it and how that clearly overlaps with like the government at the time get me the president's agent yes. right yes. or here's your court appointed uh you know entertainment lawyer like all that is so funny i mean it, it but is. it's also like oh god it does, as i'm watching i'm laughing but i also think to myself does the president have an agent? He probably does. So it reminded yeah. me of, uh, and Mike, you'll relate to this because you just went on a Bundy kick. Bundy kick. This is 87 <laughs> when they make the running man. This is a couple years before they fry Bundy. And you remember those news reports of everybody just outside Florida State Penitentiary clamoring mm-hmm. for the death of this criminal. Uh, that's the audience here in the running man. So it's it's an audience of people that have blood on their hands for uh what they perceive to be criminals and in the eighties, we see a lot of it. And That's... and they're so easy to get on board with killing them. Cause like, for instance, when Dawson or Killian rather, mm-hmm. um, they, they get Amber and they are going to put her down there. They're like, she cheated yes. on her college exam. Sometimes <laughs> some years she slept with two or even three men in the space of a, of a year. Yeah. And the audience is like, yeah, fucking kill her. Kill her. <laughs> Cause it yeah. takes so little for them to get on board with it. It's really, so, like, yeah. Uh, there were a couple little criminal. jabs in there. Um, 
in that same scene, he says something about um, traditional family values. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of little lines um, that I thought were very accurate and nerve wracking. Mm -hmm. Like, wow, this is speaking to a lot of stuff that we've gone through in the past, however long. Um, and something, it, there was something about like, see, if you see this man, like find your block agent or whatever, yeah. like, Okay, that reminds me of things that people were told in lockdown and other side of the world. And, you know, just uh, there's a lot there was a lot of accurate features of authoritarianism government. That's all. I, I, so I, I found that very interesting and I was surprised at, to, to see those things. Big time. It's that absolute absolute prescient film another film that should get tons of credit reality television and all this stuff i mean oh, this is there's, that's where we are yeah there's so much and then i think also about um <laughs> what a cultural phenomenon um like teen dystopia i mean how can we not mention hunger games yep. Yep. i mean that's huge and that's this movie owes so to things. that yeah this movie oh, running man owes to huge. Hunger Games all the way. Other way. They owed, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, but in, 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 to Eric's point earlier, in some ways, this is not the most original dystopian critique, right? I mean, like there is this, there's other similar things both before and after. So what is this doing differently? I think a lot of it is the tongue-in-cheek fun to it. I got heavy Verhoeven Robocop vibes mm. from this. Like I really <laughs> felt like watching this and that back-to-back -back would make a nice uh, duo of films. Climbing Glad for dollars. That. Climbing for dollars. Yeah, that's right. Climbing for dollars, exactly. <laughs> right. That's almost out of UHF or yeah, Robocop. Exactly. Yep, I had big uh, Same, yeah. bowling for burgers vibes there. Same year, man. <laughs> that's not a coincidence. When I do this. It's, not, <laughs> it's, not a, it's not a coincidence. These both come out in 87. Mm -hmm. They're both dystopian masterpieces with a great sense of humor that's the key difference if we're talking about eric said this has been done before it hasn't been done this funny yes uh, the guy mentioned network one of his reviews that we mentioned oh. a little while ago which sure. is funny network is a very funny film also very prescient and dramatic it's got everything and this movie doesn't yeah. have everything but it's really really funny forget the one-liners has nothing to do with that it has to do with the setups and the quips from the other characters we got kurt fuller in this yeah. you know and we got <laughs> yeah we got <laughs> a really guy. really yeah, the tech guy. And we've just got they've got all those characters who play these bad dudes. You got Jim Brown mixed in and everybody is Dude. funny. They some of these guys are annoying, I guess. They're not as funny as others, but there's you could pick your poison of which of the bad guys slash uh you know killers you will that your favorite and they bring out the most joy and you think are the funniest. But either way, they all bring something to the table, even if it's kind of lame with the layout of the Arnold survives and then does another thing. I get that. That gets really tiring. Right. And there's like, oh, there's one more stalker left. And then there's like, OK, we got Captain Freedom left. And then, <laughs> and, but you know what I also really loved about this movie? Speaking of being prescient, um, when when they fake, they do a deep fake yeah. of, yes! of Captain Freedom killing two other people yes, and put yes. their and superimpose their faces on it. Which here we are, we're in that moment. Mm -hmm. now. And the Butchers of Bakersfield videos, two of them. And the Butchers mm -hmm. of Bakersfield, exactly. So the the way that editing can be done and spun, and the way that people can you know innocent people can be uh, absolutely excoriated in public for for this something people have no real concept over because it's all been doctored. <laughs> Uh, we're we're in that now, and, we're, and it's only going to get worse. Did you bring yeah, this up in the yeah. Wag the Dog episode? Because this precedes it by ten years, man. Come on now. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I hadn't seen it in a long time, so I'd forgotten that part. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, uh, Amanda, this is television allowing for murder to take place. That's the only reason I really think this is validated with the film. They use the power of TV, especially in 87, right? A lot less now. Or you can call it streaming or wherever you find your content now, your sources of information that are in video form. But in 87, TV, if it said it, a lot of people are like, well, it's coming out here on my television. These are mm-hmm. are currently in this time frame. I know it's a futuristic film, too. It moves ahead in time. But it's taking oh. the concept of 87 that, hey, we trust everything that the television tells us. And if murdering's cool on TV, then, hey, we're all for it. Let's go for it. Did it freak anyone else out at the beginning of the movie when it said the year is 2017? Oh, wow. Yeah. They give you some more math and it's like, okay, so this is taking place in about 2019. That's about right. It's about right. Mm-hmm. feels right. I love how this is the second movie this year that we're pretty much on the money for our future dates. Soil and Green was 2019, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Demolition yeah. Man we did. I think that was just 2022. It actually was 2022. Yeah. Soil and Green was. Yeah. But yeah, man, uh, going back to television in the 80s, like I got reminded a lot about I, I have so much to say about Richard Dawson, but he he reminds me a lot of no uh, Phil Donahue in this. And Donahue in the 80s was fucking huge. If you want to talk about the influence somebody on a talk show can make uh, towards people that are fucking unusual, like people lived in the 80s, absolutely fearful of transvestites of people that worshiped a different religion than they did all because of a daytime television show. And what I kind of would have liked to seen from the running man is a little bit more of a scope of the uh, hierarchy at IS. What is it? ISC? I believe it's IBS. Is it? Irritable bowel syndrome? That's right. It's something like that. Uh, ICB. Killian Killian pretty much runs everything. And in the 80s, you got like Ted Turner who who runs everything, but he's Mm -hmm. got his underlings too. And the people that work for him, uh, I kind of would have liked to see more people in that organization. We brought up network. Like Chayefsky has like five people that we get to know really well who are running the network. And they all have different perspectives on what they are doing and trying to achieve here. I kind of like to see a little bit more here. Nah, I don't know that I needed personally more background with the fucking guy C from the uh, studios, but I take your point. I, I, I what about the because um, if anything for me it's it's not them that I wanted more of. It was the revolutionaries. Like thank you, Dweezil Zappa, uh, and, for showing and up. Mick Fleetwood as Mick Fleetwood. Mick Fleetwood. <laughs> <laughs> He's like talking about his songs and shit. I'm like, this is just. So that's why Tom Petty is playing Tom Petty in the post. <laughs> it's an homage. Yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> Must be. Yep. But uh, but as I'm watching the movie, I'm like, okay, so what? There's like three people in this in this rebellion. Like, what's mm-hmm. where, like, who are these people? Where are these people? What's happening? Mm-hmm. Why are they of all places in the quadrant? Why are they here if they're trying to hide from the government? Why are they hiding in the 400 block? But the running man is like policed over. That seems like a terrible I didn't think song. they were hiding there. I think that's where the whole uplink thing was. The uplink they... and was because that's when when oh, yeah, Yafik Koto, who we still have to talk, yeah, yeah. Yafik yeah. Koto or Lofrin, Laughlin, Lof. I have no idea what his real name, what the character's name was, but that's where he sends them. Yeah, because of that, there isn't a frame of reference to make a determination. Oh, okay, so all of this stuff happens at the end, and is it going to make a difference? Mm. You know, that's I kind of left with that. Is is there going to be yeah. a, 
I got puzzled. Yeah. I, I I feel like the people in the audience would be like pissed that it's over and not happy that things got like, overturned. The audience turned pretty quickly for me. I got a feeling they'd be satiated and like totally into this lifestyle and they would they would kind of be pissed that this show is going to be over i don't think they want it to go <laughs> well, first and, bet and, the first bet on ben richards that's when everything changes he's a that boy's a bad motherfucker <laughs> or a mean motherfucker right and um, he makes I, a comment about that right he's like well when he's on the phone with the department of justice um <laughs> yeah, well, works we gotta keep it good or there's yeah. gonna be people out protesting or whatever uh so yeah it, they, I think the speed at which they turn is an indication of just moving on to the next thing and the next thing to keep it going. I think that they should have had um, more, I mean, it's there, but there should have been more focus on the fact that the freedom fighters are, are like in that scene protecting the escaping audience and shooting back at the uh, the security guards who are just openly firing into the crowd and killing the audience members and that's being filmed and put on the TV. So yeah. like you you know that that's happening but it's not really made super apparent and mm. I feel like if like even the people that are like on board with this once it got to that point maybe then they're like oh so now they've lied to us <laughs> about you know previous winners and they've lied to us about the stakes <laughs> they've lied to us about the fact that this guy's a kill, uh, not a killer after all and they're now <laughs> killing their own audience <laughs> members like maybe I don't like this show. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like yeah, to talk about the score for, for a moment. You the score? Uh, it's a great score. Faltermeyer. It's a great score. Harold, Harold Faltermeyer, best known for Axel F. Do, do, Top do, Gun. Do, 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 and do. Fletch. And Top Gun and, and Fletch. And Top Gun okay, and Fletch. Oh, my God. Yeah. Incredible. This guy's in the Hall of Fame. You know this score is so good. And you know what I think is so great about it that really stood out to me? It's, it's like that same kind of late motif is used over and over again throughout the movie. And like at the beginning when they're escaping... Uh, it's like, oh, this is like a rousing freedom feeling mm -hmm. kind of moment. Like they're escaping. Mm -hmm. And then like later on, like he's being gassed and like being put to sleep. Um, mm -hmm. You know, Schwarzenegger's character is. And it's like the same fucking beat. The music comes up again. And that, like now it sounds like ominous and sad. And like later on, like someone dies. And it's like, oh, yeah, you know, that's like, the best. it works. And like when it works Koto and every... dies, it's like I, I was feeling it. And this is the dumbest one I've ever yeah. seen, but I was feeling it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. they... What? Yeah, they they did a very good job at taking the, that same <laughs> melody and just giving it like different colors to fit the the different scenes, mm -hmm. the different emotions. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. There was one time I laughed when you brought it up because at one point <laughs> I was like, "Ooh, it's too much." I'm like, "It's a little it's too a much at this point." They it's they use it a lot, um, yeah. but but yeah, it's it gets used in different ways. Watch this! Oh my god, dude! I've seen every single episode of Match Game. I've seen every single episode of Family Feud. I'm a Richard Dawson super fan, so I have no excuse wow. for never ever seeing The Running Man. And I figured going in, I'd be like, "Are you fucking kidding me? This is the best they could get some fucking game show host. He's <laughs> fucking awesome he's in it. He's perfect for it. He like sends up himself in the in the movie. Like he's like he literally." Does. It's like like skewering himself. It's like yeah, a awesome. great performance, not like it's an unironically great performance. Mm -hmm. It's really good. It makes me question. I'm like, is he a jerk? And was he a jerk in real life? <laughs> Amanda, you like, say that, or, and you do the research, and there's cr the crew on uh, Family Feud was like, "Fuck, he's really like Killian in real life." Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of yeah. ballsy the way that he did this. Oh, it really oh, is. So Wow. Okay. I was going to ask you that because you guys had mentioned that you were really into him and that you liked him. Not me. 
Yeah, so, I'm not either. No, <laughs> for Eric. And I wanted to ask that, like, okay, well, he's so beloved and like kiss the ladies and the contestants and he's doing his mm -hmm. thing. But yeah. So at the time when this was <laughs> yeah. made, he's playing an absolute ass. Mm -hmm. And then there's other people that work for him like, oh, my God. He's, he's coming out and being honest about who he is. <laughs> I dug deeper, and this was after he was, I think it was kind of a bit of respite, because he was fired from Family Feud for Ray Combs in 85, and he, that left a real bad taste in his mouth right. because he was America's favorite you know, game show dad. And I think this is a little bit of uh, movie mm -hmm. payback. Mm -hmm. yeah. Right, yeah, I'm going like, to burn it down. Yep. I'm going to, like, we're going to tear down the hero. I'm going to mm -hmm. be in need a job, too. Mm -hmm. So, you know, he, mm -hmm. I need work, man. Oh, great. I'm going to, I know this isn't real. I'm acting. So he's, seems like the kind of guy, I guess you got to give him credit if you want to for not taking himself too seriously because, yes, everything you just said, Amanda, is true. He's making fun of himself. He's going in a direction where you're looking at Richard Dawson and you think of all the game show stuff. And I actually don't. When I watched the movie, I know he's he's the host of the show, but I really just forget about the Richard Dawson that I guess we would know in, in the outside world when I watched this movie. And I think that's a testament to him. He deserves credit for that because that is not easy to do, mm -hmm. especially when you get, you know, stereotyped. You get cast and you're yeah. locked into the same thing again and again and again. That's well done, Richard. Good job. Um, can we go ahead? One last thing on Killian. What? Would it be interesting if Killian, like he, his job was just to be the host, but he didn't really agree with what was going on and he had to maybe contend with how I'm talking about, maybe like the 10 Turner type? It makes it too complicated. Suddenly, that's mm. not like a simple good versus evil movie. Okay. This, especially okay. if yeah, the, 80s, the 80s were not interested in that kind of motivation. <laughs> of no, white guy in suit, evil. Right. Yeah. And if we were going to do a premium channel TV series now. Right. Ooh, sure. So oh, Pierce your style. Which um, have yes. you heard that there's apparently a remake or another one in the works? No. I heard that? Edgar Wright is uh, mm -hmm. flirting with the material. Whoa. Yes. Well, oh, that would be wild. There was a lawsuit because this was uh, plagiarized <laughs> from a French yeah. film, apparently. Yeah. Uh, nothing really like the Stephen King movie or uh, short story. Nothing like there's a, there's a movie What's called Session. Bachman? Uh, Bachman. <laughs> Dick uh, I went by Richard Bachman back at that time. But um, there was a, a series nine was a independent movie that came out in the early 2000s, late 90s. that pretty much was the Stephen King version. This this was not that. But did you guys notice this movie's directed by Starsky? I did. Like yes. Starsky and Hutt. No, that's yeah. that's, oh. that's why John I know Paul, Paul Michael Glazer. That's why I know oh, him. Wow. Whenever I see him in a movie or I see his name, it always Starsky. blew my mind that he was a guy who did this. Yeah, he's in. You know what else he directed? He directed no. The Cutting Edge Topic, which we've talked about so many times lately. <laughs> and he also directed Mike. He directed Something's Got to Give, starring our girl. Holy shit! Diane Keaton. I was just. When you no. started to say, I was just going to say he's that. he's in that he plays uh, Diane Keaton's oh. ex-husband. Yes, oh. I was just going to dive into it, yeah. that. Did he direct it too? <laughs> yeah, he directed wow. it too. I know it was a yeah. uh, Nora or what's her face, Nancy Myers. I mix up yeah. Nora Ephron and Nancy, Nancy Myers. Myers. That's my fault. Anyways, yeah, that's true. Paul Michael Glazer, dude, way to go! This guy knows what he's doing. He's a professional, solid, you know, yeah. actor's director. Clearly, and he probably Starsky. let Arnold do whatever the hell he wanted on set. Oh, I'm pretty sure everyone at that time let Arnold do whatever the hell he want they he yeah. wanted on set. Like, oh, you want to smoke cigars in this one too? That's that's fine, sure. Arnold. Don't hurt me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, by the way, something's got to give was directed by Nancy Myers too. Sorry. 
Oh, clarify. Oh, I'm sorry. I must have. Um, That's okay. Go, I'm, I'm here to I'm help now. We want to get the truth yeah. out there. That's all that matters. Uh, I apologize. Something I, I did not remember, first. which I don't know why I would with being so long ago and a kid. Um, classic example of um, reluctant hero, very Han Solo, very I'm mm-hmm. just out for me. Nope. Yep. I don't want any part of this political nonsense. No politics. Nonsense. Just surviving. No politics. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. Um, Oh, Cassie and Andor. <laughs> yeah. Ah. You know, uh, damn it. Sorry. I was going to catch up after your your uh, your message, Amanda. I, I, I'll, I'll get around to it. Yeah, you have you a 70-year-old TV show to watch. It's okay. You do. I know. <laughs> I was just happy that, okay, Travis watched. Oh, he caught up. Caught up. Um, um, but yeah, the reluctant hero um, of, I, nope, I don't want, don't rope me into it. I have the ability to help strong capable dude but no i'm not comfortable with that and then he kind of <laughs> has to is that arnold more often than maybe we realize I'm, I'm trying to think of his 80s movies in particular i mean sometimes he's like in predator he's the guy who leads a crew but he doesn't want to get sidetracked sometimes it seems to happen with the roles he plays a little more like hey i'm just here for this and oh here i am now i'm involved in that but well, he's also <laughs> like um a huge dude in a hyper masculine time in hy- oh, hyper masculine Yeah. So I think that there also was just that, like the roles were written with him in mind. So it's like, I don't know how much of it was him and how much of it was just the era and how much like was like, well, he's good at doing that. <laughs> yeah. Let's get him. He does that thing. Like, he won't have to go too far outside <laughs> of his comfort zone. Right. I mean, I want to make a commentary about this because I've, I've said this before. I've talked with again, Chud Pud, my friend Aaron, when we lived together, I used to make the case that I believe that 1987 was one of the greatest years ever for film. And I still hold that contention because of films like Running Man. If we mentioned Robocop and Wall Street, you're right. It was a hyper-masculine, uh, cocaine-fueled free-for-all. But 87 was a great year for film. I think it's a little bit underrated. Full Metal Jacket. I mean, there's a lot of classics from that time. And these are just the ones at the surface that I'm not mentioning. I'm not going to include... Superman for the quest for peace, but uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I, just want, I, <laughs> I just want to make a point that it was a great year for film and it needs to be on the record that I believe that. Who's your favorite stalker? Oh, I can't hmm. go first. <laughs> nope. Uh, it's got to be Dynamo. Dynamo's a total bozo. Aquaman, bye bye. Great. I think I hate I I hate Fireball least, so I'll say Fireball. <laughs> like hate? What do you mean? Wait, can you cl- I'm confused. Well, That's like a, well, so Dynamo Dynamo is super fucking stupid Jesus and annoying, Christ. and um, would annoy Hilarious. his audience. Like, no one would like Jesus. the opera singing guy. Oh, oh! I love the fat opera guy who looks like Night uh, Starlight or Starbright or whatever the fuck. You know, Night. He had a light bright. He was he was wearing light bright. You mean light bright? Hey, Christmas tree. What the fuck? <laughs> hey, Christmas tree. Hey, Christmas Fireball's tree. boring, Fireball. though. Fireball's like, blah. Fireball flies. He That's is true. fireproof. Um, he true. doesn't yeah. make stupid jokes. He is Jim Brown. <laughs> all great That's, points. And yeah. he's Jim Brown. <laughs> he's also, um, yeah, you're dumb, yeah. Mike. Okay, fair. <laughs> <laughs> what do you got, Amanda? Who's your favorite? I mean, just for the comedy, Dynamo is Dynamo. amazing. But um, <laughs> for fi- did I say is it Dynamo? Yeah. yeah, no, 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 yeah, yeah. Yeah, Okay, like, Opperman. okay. Opperman. but I do think that Professor Tanaka was mm. uh, <laughs> underutilized. Yeah, I, 
and then I'm like, you're putting him in like all the hockey gear. To not <laughs> even see, you know what I mean? Like, uh, at least there's only one gong, and he cuts it in half. I don't like why the ho- What are we doing with the hockey? Uh, and then he can't even really see him because he's in the hockey gear. So I think he was underutilized. Um, yeah. I would have liked to have actually seen more of him. But <laughs> I don't know. I have to agree because with you, Travis, uh, Fireball, he's out there with the crowd, with the people. And then all of a sudden, not even really a changed look on his face. He hits some button and then he goes just <laughs> jetpacking up into the sky. Yeah. Nobody likes Buzzsaw? <laughs> Come on. Where's the Buzzsaw love? <laughs> Hey, he kind of freaked be... me out. He was kind of freaky. Yeah, I kind of feel like Buzzsaw is a little English... more trashy. Like an English bulldog <laughs> if it was a human. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like a trashy English bulldog that's a human. Yeah, but yeah. a trashy Leaf one. Blonde hair. Yeah, yeah. yeah I feel really like he lives trailer park. And... Eyes. Yeah, he's not fun. I, 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 don't... I, give the, I, give the, I give the running man credit as a program for like <laughs> introducing like the the prowess and attributes of each stalker in every episode, you have to have them demonstrate like what they're good at. It takes like five minutes. American gladiators, it'd just be nitro and then he flexes. Then they move on to the next guy. Laser. Yeah. It's Mm -hmm. a, it's mortal Kombat. you know, took sub zero. That name is in mortal Kombat, the video game. And also mortal Kombat had like a thing that every character did. I feel like mortal Kombat was a fan of running man as well. Whoever created that video game. uh, I remember it. Smash TV very well on oh, Super yeah. Nintendo. It was, oh, yeah. That was this remember game. That? That's that was, Running Man. Yeah. That's that? Running Man. It totally Smash was. TV. But yeah, Travis, you're right. Let's So let's get to Yafit Koto, who's a very well-respected actor who's in <laughs> The Running Man as one of yep. Arnold's sidekicks. Uh, how do you look at this? Because I'm kind of confused about how to look at him and his character in this movie. Well, what are you confused about? I don't know. It's like... It's like, could they get someone else? Like, do they want someone who needs to be super serious? So that's why they got Yafet Koto, because that's the role here? Yeah, I think they needed someone who... So they had Wise to play the teacher. Clever. Good name. Uh, <laughs> looking like our friend Jason Wellico. Jason Wellico. Um, but yes. so they had him, and he's clearly like the kind of... like He's the brains, but kind of like not a fighter. And then you have giant Arnold Schwarzenegger's but so I think they wanted somebody who was like kind of a middle in between them somebody who like you wouldn't necessarily want to fight something you believe could kick your ass but <laughs> but don't think that they could kick Arnold's ass <laughs> and also Yafet Koto clearly had a good agent around that time mm-hmm. he was popping up in a lot of stuff um but yeah speaking of underutilized like he's there's a lot of running from him and then he has a really good death scene with a, with a great this great line of, where he doesn't want to be the only asshole in heaven mm-hmm. but yeah. i'm like man like it's fucking yafet koto man make have him yeah. do more have yeah. him do more he's just running around yeah. i think he filled the role of sort of being inspirational he was like an yeah. inspirational father figure leader to for the people you know what yeah, i mean for, for the too. getting people together I don't know. That definitely seemed to be him watching out for the smart guy. Yeah, and then he saves Richards, which is mm-hmm. cool. Ben, yeah. the butchers of Bakersfield. By the way, Yafet Koto <laughs> did literally, he said that the Hunger Games did rip off the running man. He said oh, that later in life. Okay. So just Good. got Good that on the record. But I don't know. I feel like that character could have been played. He just doesn't look, maybe that's the point of it too, though. He's not very limber he's kind of he's very tight and he's thrown into a situation where he's not comfortable being this guy who's on the run so, and maybe that's the point of it too maybe that's just such great acting on Kodo's part that i'm not even realizing that like wow <laughs> I love it. 
I thought it was because I thought it was like, okay, well, he's more of a elder statesman. I mean, he's not that mm. old, but he's more right. of that figure to yeah. the resistance or um and so now he's he's having to do more physical stuff and he's not really, you know, as successful with it because he's he's a little bit older and mm-hmm. yeah. And not not built like Arnold Schwarzenegger. What about the scene where Arnold Schwarzenegger is dressed up like um, the main character from the Lego movie? He's like, looks like the, like a Lego construction worker. I'm like, why is he walking yeah. around looking like a Lego construction worker for like this long? I didn't know. Some of the outfits in this movie are so fucking just, funny. And then, well, then also his, like, we're, we're going to go on vacation to Hawaii. And then that scene of him like running. Yeah. On oh the tar- was it out on the, on the tarmac? Yeah, like, on the yeah. tarmac. I'm like, wow, he's really booking it. Like, like the previous like the net- winners. <laughs> he sees yeah, the I net gun that. coming. God, he's like, I'll just run faster and we'll make no maneuver <laughs> yeah. to get away from the thing. Uh, oh. I had the shirt for it, but you fucked it up. <laughs> Does anyone even remember the name of the character, that the love interest? Like, like Amber. Amber. Yeah, yeah. yeah, her name was, was Amber, it? played by Maria Conchita. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, Maria Conchita Alonso. She was big at the I, time. I thought that, I don't know. I thought it was cool that, oh, okay, here's like a, a, a Latin, Latina, Latinx. I'm not sure of her heritage. I think she was born in Cuba. Um, she, she's Cuban. Um, you know, and with an accent too. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought that that was interesting. Um, but I thought she did a great job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, for me, uh, I just don't care i guess growing up i was turned off by the character so it's hard for me to get out of that because it's not like she does a bad job or anything i'm just like her point is first off she's taken by ben richards you know she's held hostage and then she gets caught up in this whole nightmare which is hell on earth after the she tries to start doing the right thing because he you know he puts a little inception in her head but there's something about her performance to me amanda that it's not bad at all i just uh I just could take her to leave it, I guess. It could be any, it's kind of like, it's not, it's kind of like Kodo in a way, I guess. Like, there's other people that could be thrown into these roles and I'd be fine with it and the movie wouldn't change for me. I do. I do think it was definitely some, a little underdeveloped, but yeah, I don't know. She had, they had, she had moments. I, yeah. I like the part you know, we're okay the with the part where her and her friend are talking about how great it would be to be sexualized by a confirmed mass murderer. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I that was a little that, uncomfortable. I was I like, are they? The were they saying sure. that it would be a good thing? I didn't get that. Well, uh, the friend. She literally says he might kill you, then rape you, which is not generally taken to be a good thing. Uh, I think, I think it they was were joking tone. around about which one they'd want to come first. Yeah, or like she was like, kill you and rape you, or rape you, then kill you. Yes. It was her tone that there was a little bit of weird subtext with that tone. Sure. Like she was oogling him as, they, as he walked down the hallway. Yeah. Um, and that also ties into, and then I just realized that's a joke when he ties her up uh, to, in the <laughs> yeah. apartment, and I was yeah. like, "Whoa, this is getting kinky!" Like she, <laughs> that is not. Uh, there was no consent there. No. Yeah, yeah. So there's definitely some Stockholm syndrome stuff going on here, for sure. Um, yeah, but I do like the the function of the character. I like the way that she um, that she goes from being like, you know, she's blinded to reality because she's she works for the show she's a fan of the show she accepts what she's told and so she does the right thing by turning him in does all this stuff and then we see that progression as she comes to like shake free of the matrix or whatever so i I think that she in a way also plays 
a role for the audience, like the audience of the movie, you know, not people watching the movie like us, but like within the, the audience of the show within the movie and the, um, the steps that they would take to kind of shake off that propagandizing. Yeah. Cause the things that she did were on her own. I mean, that was by her mm -hmm. own choice, sneaking in there to try and get more information. Sure. She wanted right. to find out what really happened. Um, so yeah, I, I also agree that that's the function of the character. Wanted a little more proof. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a fair point. Uh, all right, we're getting close to the end here, folks. We've uh, had a special edition here, gone a little bit longer. Can we get any final commentaries before we get to our conclusion where we say whether it holds up or not? Any other notes yeah. that we missed here on this one? You know, um, the production design on this had to be a fucking challenge because this is enormous. What do they say? It's like 300 square blocks. This uh, <laughs> arena or something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think they, they hit a lot with mandy fog machines but for the most part it i mean it doesn't look like a cheap television show like it gets criticized for i think mm -hmm. a lot of it looks pretty cool like i scratch my head at where the who the fuck built like this like thousand mile long tunnel just for the fun of like entering the <laughs> arena like it like this thing has to be miles long. And wouldn't they throw up all over themselves? <laughs> like all over themselves. <laughs> the inertia yeah. alone didn't, would fuck Didn't they up. say that the the game zone was like the remains of like an earthquake or I something like that? Yeah, I thought yeah, I heard I something right. like that. Like yes! they just kind of walled yeah. off a, That's right. something from a disaster. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Sounds right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I don't think it looks cheap at all. I think the movie looks fine still. And it's an old yeah, movie. But cool. Yeah, I don't think it looks lame in any any way. It's got that 80s, mm -hmm. you know, matte neon. Paintings. Yeah, matte paintings. Mm -hmm. Well, matte paintings. A lot of matte yeah. paintings. There's oh, the, the headquarters of the organization itself looks fucking awesome. Like that big Eiffel Tower looking fucking thing yeah. looks amazing. Like oh, OCP? yeah, we got the shot of the, his car driving up. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Ah, yes. And all we'll that. take that back. They stole that. I read that they stole that from V. Remember the the V from 1984? Yeah. Like that's in V, and they were just like, "Can we use that?" They're like, "Yeah, go." For it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. By the way, are they keeping all the video on mini discs? What are they trying? What are those things? Yeah. What are those things? Yeah. Yeah, and also coochie purse. <laughs> right. I mean, that's pretty heavily implied. He asked her, "Where did you keep that?" Mm -hmm. She says, "It's none of your business." And you're like, "That's right. Oh, where, yeah, yeah, where yeah. would you have kept that?" <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I love how I the mean, files are marked tampered evidence in the shit like that. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's funny. That, I mean, there wasn't much hiding going on in that leotard. <laughs> no, no. Classic I 80s. Like <laughs> I guess that, well, okay, to her character, that that's another point. Like, it wasn't just like tits out, you know, no. whatever. Yeah, no. there's spandex, but there wasn't. It wasn't like that. It wasn't just spandex. like you know she was right. in spandex but it wasn't just like oh like yeah know, titillating she's eye candy um, and yeah boot. yeah right. she I wasn't think, like sharon stone in total recall where there's oh, a lot of, like, there's, like, so much being oh, shown on. off well come on you know i'm right like i mean i love that movie too i like, don't know that you're right i'm not sure of that oh, well, yeah. well i believe that i'm right i think but i'm just saying that the, the, the character shows a lot more in the movie than she needs to is what i'm saying yeah, she's more of a flirtatious character than Marita Conchita Alonso's character is. I'm just saying. Well, to to Amanda's point that like the character is there to serve the role of that character as opposed to be eye candy for us. Yeah. I respect that. 
And it's in between. Like she's a linchpin for things to happen, and there could have been more yeah. that could have been done there. Same thing. I agree with what Eric said for too. I wish, yeah, maybe I could have learned some more behind the scenes stuff. Yeah, it's like we get all this, all these people that work with Ben in the helicopter, and they're there for the supposed, you know, butchering of yeah. Bakersfield, and they're all just yeah. like they all go along with it. That actually makes sense to me. But you know, also a show too. So like, I kind of, I kind of would have expected them to kind of like put her uh, Amber in like some skimpy ass barbed wire yeah. shit because <laughs> it's a, a show. But then maybe you could have her like try to find something to Ooh, change her outfit that's a or smart something. Play. Yeah. Say something. You should have wrote the script. Uh, to Eric's point about, um, or I'm sorry, to, to Mike's point. Um, I forgot what I was the say. military helicopters. Oh yeah, yeah. My, my thinking was like. As I'm watching the movie, I'm like, why does he have such a problem with this? Why are you working with these guys if you've got a problem with killing innocent people? I think you're in the long line of work. <laughs> wrong line yes. of work. That is hilarious. <laughs> well right? said. Right. Oh, what the hell are you doing? Man. I mean, is he poor? Just He's now, a desperate man. Now? Yeah. Right. Only now do you realize you're an oppressor? Like, no. <laughs> I took it to mean like this. Okay. Like, it's been slowly ramping up. Mm -hmm. And then this was like the final straw. He's like, oh, yeah. Yeah, but then why that. is everybody else on board? Like, oh, well, yeah, we kill people. This is what we do. Yeah, we we're do. Gonna, yeah. We're going to kill you for not killing people. Yeah, well, the Milgram experiment, dude. It's just, yeah, that's the next so thing. Much, yeah. Mm. There's yeah. so much about this movie that's just like convenient. Like, for oh. instance, when it cuts to, when it, when it shows the actual footage, like the unedited footage from the Bakersfield massacre, <laughs> like they have footage <laughs> from the movie, from earlier in, in the movie. Beautiful like, 35 millimeter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. It's shot 35 millimeter. There's like these outside cuts from the, like outside of the mm -hmm. helicopter, like stuff that just would not <laughs> make a drop of sense. Like they're not even trying. Yeah. Or like, oh. the, like when, when, um, when Amber finds the, the dead losers from the previous season, uh, mm -hmm. And fireballs in there with awesome. there, like you're watching the movie. You're like, well, I guess the cameras are in there because then the crowd will be seeing the dead losers. But then, like, it so it cuts like the burning corpse of fireballs, so the cameras are in there. But I guess they didn't uh -oh. see that or hear that camera. It's just like all these, like you know, I mean, I'm like, I can suspend, <laughs> I can suspend my disbelief. It's fine, it's fine. Funny <laughs> man, it's fine. I wish I could remember <laughs> their three names, just like Kaczynski, Myers, and whatever. It's so funny. Right. It makes Adad. Thank you. Well done, Eric. All right. Well, it's time to get to that moment in the show where we say, does the running man from 1987 hold up or not? We usually like to let the person who picked go first, but Amanda, you're a special guest, so you can either start or you can bring up the rear. You can do whatever you want. Uh, I'll go for it. Why not? Um, Here we go. I honestly had no expectation going into this, whether it was going to hold up or not for me. Uh, I was surprised in the beginning. I thought, ooh, way too much cheese. Don't know if I can handle it. Maybe this is just going to be a disaster. Um, but I don't know. I was surprised by all of the, the little things. It's kind of sad how much still rings true or how much now rings true about this movie is a little freaky. Uh, I'm just going to say, yeah, it's fun. It's a little satire. I'm going to say it holds up. Next. I'll jump in. Um, yeah. So as I said at the start of this, this is something that was just ingrained in me as a kid. Um, this could be the worst movie. This could be the past. This could be the happening. This could be like any turd. But given the amount of real nostalgia I have for this movie, I probably would say the same thing that it holds up because it's just such a it's such part and parcel to my existence as a film goer. Um 
but I, I really did enjoy uh, watching it again because it had been so long and I don't know that I would have necessarily. It's always good to go back into the 80s on our show. And again, yeah, I agree, Amanda. Like the satire here is far more rich than I remember it being. And also a lot of things that I did not understand as a kid, all those jokes about like the, again, like the justice department's entertainment division and shit. Like that's so funny and just (laughs) went right over my little head. But now I definitely, and I agree. Yeah. A lot of it's a lot more poignant than I would like for it to be. Uh, But yeah, absolutely. Holds up. Love it. I turned it on at like 10 o'clock last night, fucking dead tired. And I watch it in its entirety, but like, I just was not in the mood. So I spent the whole time like, this is fucking stupid. This is so dumb. This is so stupid. Then I woke up this morning. And I'm like, start thinking about it. I'm thinking about that beautiful Harold Faltermeyer score and all these just like cool looking shots, like so 80s, uh, but just so much fun. And I'm like, fuck it. I'm going to watch half on my lunch break and then half after my students leave. Mm. And I come away thinking, man, that that was just a really fun movie. I mean, you can sit there and talk about how like stupid like Dynamo is and like how worthless his vehicle is. Like you can <laughs> step in that thing, you're fucked. Like just stay out of that Why thing. It's going to kill you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but at the end of the day, it it what I like that it does it is it just flirts with the satire. It doesn't go full in, probably because it knows it's maybe not smart enough to, but it does just enough to make things didactic. Um, yeah, dude, I, I I thought it was fucking a lot of fun, man. It's like a it's like a, a real video. It's like a like we talk about all these live action video games just trying and trying and trying. This seems like a great ad- adaptation of a video game where you got like mini boss, mini boss, mini boss, big boss. Uh, now, granted. Killian kind of goes out a little bit in a lackluster fashion for me. Like there should have been a little bit more. He's just kind of shot out and he blows up. But <laughs> overall, dude, I thought this movie was a lot of fun. Uh, holds up. Killian. Uh, yeah. You know, I've seen this movie so many times, just like Travis endless, hmm. endless amount of times. I've seen this movie. It's, a, it becomes a part of you and you know, it's not the Swiss army man, right? So it's better than that. And mm-hmm. it's just fun. I think the jokes, nothing to do with the one-liners. I mean, who cares about his one-liners? Yeah. But it's just so locked in, man. It's terrifyingly accurate. And it, I just keep thinking about what I thought about the movie when I saw it 30 years ago. And then what I thought about it 20 and so on. Every marker of my life, I kind of pop in on Running Man. I'm like, oh, how much more accurate is this now than it was before when I originally thought maybe it was a little less accurate? It's fascinating. And that movie can do that for me forever. This movie could do this until I'm dead. I believe that. And I'll just keep watching it because it's a, just a fun piece of entertainment. It kind of drags a bit with the side. You know, his buddies, like I said, Weiss and Lachlan, they're kind of lackluster, and so is Amber in a way. And, and so is, like, Arnold's just there. I don't even care about him that much. It's not about Arnold Schwarzenegger in this movie, mm-hmm. oddly enough, mm-hmm. when usually his movies are so much about him. But this is not the case. Here. This is about everything else and how great the whole setup is, and Dawson executes it, and everybody behind the scenes and all the baddies do their jobs. It coalesces into a rock-solid film, and it holds up, and... It's going to hold up forever, I expect. I really do. It's a clean sweep. Four for four, mm-hmm. Amanda. That doesn't happen very cool. often. It doesn't. Fantastic. I like it. Nice choice. Running man. Starsky's own. Never would have watched this. <laughs> very. Wow. Starsky I presents. Was not expecting one of you to say, I've never seen that. 
I know either. That was stunning. Shocker. Yeah. Stunning. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Like we said, we've seen this movie so many times. I, that it's funny what slips through the cracks, Amanda. Sometimes it'll yeah. surprise all of us. Like, oh my God, you never saw that. And yeah. That's what's fun about movies. Like you just we're not all in the same marketing scheme. We could be exposed to different things at different times. So it's cool. And that's why I love doing the show here, Cinema Night Pod. We would love to thank Amanda for her time and energy on this show. Uh, you did a tremendous mm. job. You brought poignant Thanks. points. We had a few laughs, and we had a movie that we could really sink our teeth into. But before we close out the show, Amanda, we got to do next week's selection. Mm-hmm. Okay. That, which means it's my turn. And man, mm-hmm. sometimes I just know months in advance, and sometimes months I in wrestle. advance. I do. And then sometimes I, I wrestle and wrestle and wrestle. I mean, that's literally how I do it. Sometimes I'll have like a whole bunch lined up and then I get to like where I'm at now. And I'm like, I have no fucking idea. I just could not oh, come shit. up with anything. So I'm going to uh, offer some options to Amanda. Oh. Amanda, our regular listener, uh, can can choose between three options, either an animated film, a comedy or a Fucking wild card. Oh. Ooh. Dang. Wait. I have the power? You have the power. You do. Since there's only one of you and there's two of them, I figured it'd be easier for you to just pick one. Okay. Uh, My little curious brain can't resist the power of a wild card. Yes. Yes. All right. Well, for one, we're going to stay in the 80s. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to go with another film that I've absorbed into my life through so many viewings, but it's been a really long time. We're going to touch base with two very famous men we've only spent a little bit of time with, the Corys. Mike, Eric, I want you to come along with me and dream a little dream from 1989. Oh God. Jesus Christ. <laughs> okay. Dream a little dream. Dream a little dream. Jason Robards, don't forget. Yep. Jason Robards, the existential... Michael Jackson laden comedy film Dream a Little Dream is coming. Wow. <laughs> okay. All right. That is a that's a yeah, that's a wild, a wild card. card. That you're right, mm-hmm. Amanda. That is a wild card. That'll be fun. Dream a little dream. I remember so much. And we'll talk about all of it next week when we dive into Dream a Little Dream of Weed. You don't have to dream about weed. You can dream about whatever you want, but uh Sure. I don't think there's really any weed references in the film. I don't recall. I, in fact, there probably you know, is. Meredith you know, Salinger was uh, a nice lady. So <laughs> Patton's wife? Yeah. Yes, Pat Oswald's current wife. Well, there it is. Amanda, thank you so much. Uh, any final thoughts, Amanda, on life as it is? Thanks, guys, for having me. That's what Thanks I want to say. I've been thank enjoying the much. show. It's, it's been fun. Um, love to come back at some point, like talking to you guys. and. Absolutely. Ooh, I'm excited for next week too. Yay! Thank you so much, Amanda. Yay. Well done. Three cheers to you. Here, here. Good day. All right, Yay. for Eric, that's Travis. She's Amanda. I'm Michael. We bid you all adieu here on the Cinnamon Podcast. Hello, cutie pie. Paid <laughs> <Bait> in full. <laughs>